Redemption. Raging Review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's your team ready? Who's your team ready? Yes, sir! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, babies, Cajun Nation, hello once again and welcome to another edition of the Rage and Review Podcast. I'm Jerry, I'm here with Nick and political prisoner Josh. Guys, happy Monday, how are y'all tonight? First of all, solid work on the t-shirt, Josh, the beat T-Sab, I really like that, that'll come in handy this weekend, right? Uh, when we play T-Sab in the Houston Classic, uh, you know, in the... In the um, in the intro, it says it's about to get really fun. Well, uh, I think it's about to get really fun for us tonight. I think we have a lot to talk about, a lot to address, and a lot to get off our chest and figure out where we go from here. So it's going to definitely be an interesting night. And plus some baseball. we got some baseball to talk about. Exciting weekend coming up. And uh, yeah, just a lot on the agenda tonight. Shout out to Brennan Bro, the uh, individual in between the beat T-Sav here, for doing such a cool thing at second base and getting the image. Uh, shout out to Tiny Island Kitchen for the shirt. Great shirt. My wife did an awesome job. I didn't realize that was BB. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty sick. So I'll be wearing this all week. Um, probably stink pretty bad towards the end of the, the week because I'm going to wear it for everything. Uh, but no, love the shirt. She did a great job. Obviously, eventful day on the uh, Twitterverse. Obviously, plenty to talk about in that realm. Uh, but we also do have a lot to get to with baseball. Uh, I think I have a different take than a lot we'll have uh coming off of that series i know it was a little bit disappointing but there's still a lot to talk about so excited to be on the show thanks for having me i appreciate the opportunity i don't think your your view is going to be as different as mine i think we're on the same page there we're, it's going to be interesting to see yeah we all are and we'll give the rundown of what's going on there uh like you said we'll talk some baseball and we'll kind of glance over softball women's basketball men's basketball a little bit it's mainly going to be baseball tonight as well as what happened on the twitterverse today uh, as the world turns is the best way to describe it. And we'll get more into detail on that. But first, to our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining Rage and Review for another weekly episode. We'd just like to encourage you to patronize our great sponsors like Dr. Brett Venable and Recovery Cairo Med. Have you been in a car accident or hurt yourself lifting on the job? Are you having neck pain or back pain but really don't want to deal with a long, drawn-out process? Then call the chiropractor Rage and Cajun athletes use for their neck and back pain Dr. Brett Venable. The bottom line is, you just need to feel better. You need to get better quickly. That's where Dr. Brett Venable comes in to make all the difference. Dr. Venable and his integrated team of rehab, chiropractic, and medical doctors have three locations in Acadiana to serve you. Opelousas, New Iberia, and of course, main office in Lafayette. Dr. Brett Venable is one of very few chiropractors recognized by the state of Louisiana as a chiropractic specialist. 
He's also the only chiropractor in the Cajuns Healthcare Alliance and the only chiropractor on the board at Tulane School of Professional Advancement. Before you start to stress about the process, remember, this is exactly why you pay for car insurance. These situations are exactly why you carry Workman's Comp. There's no need for a court date. Your first call should be to Dr. Brett Venable and his great team at Recovery Cairo Med. No hassle, no waiting, and quick relief. Come and find out what our Raging Cajun athletes and over 10,000 Acadiana residents already know. For more information, call the Lafayette office at 337-988-2188 or visit recoverychiromed.com, recoverychiromed.com. We'd like to thank Dr. Brett Venable for being an RCAF member and the exclusive chiropractic sponsor of the Raging Review podcast. Also, huge thank you to Absolutely Embroidery and More. We know how much Cajun Nation loves their gear. At Rage and Review, we get our gear from Miss Phyllis Thibodeau and the team at Absolutely Embroidery and More. Absolutely has a massive inventory of Rage and Cajun apparel to choose from. If you can't find something you like, Absolutely can make something you'll like right there in the shop. And if your creation proves to be a popular item with customers, Absolutely will give you a little incentive for helping out with the cause. Bring in your vermilion and white shirts, hats, shorts, socks, dresses, jackets, sweaters, or whatever garment you need to represent the Cajuns. Absolutely also offers customized embroidery services to promote your business on hats, polos, uniforms, etc. Absolutely rounds out the collection with an assortment of exciting accessories for the lady Cajuns in your life. Earrings, headbands, bracelets, clutches, and bags are just a few options to complete her spicy look. Pass by 3010 Collie Saloon Roan in Lafayette and see the wonderful ladies at Absolutely Embroidery and More today. They'll treat you to quality Cajun clothing, complimentary gourmet cookies, and a friendly conversation. And if you're an out-of-town raging Cajun, visit them on the web at absolutelyembroideryandmore.com or visit their social channels on Instagram or Facebook. There, you'll find pictures of what the ladies are putting on the shelves in real time. Once again, folks, please support local businesses and please support businesses that support the Raging Cages and especially the Raging Review Podcast. And once again, thanks to our sponsors, Dr. Brett Venable, Recovery Cairo Med, as well as Absolutely Embroidery and more. Had the chance to stop by Absolutely um, a few days ago. I think uh, actually it was last week and they do have some really, really great uh, Cajuns gear if you want some. And of course, they'll customize that as well. So uh, go check out those sponsors. They sponsor the pod. They help the pod, but it's also good to help local. Also, don't forget the Crew Outlaw, Law, the official collective or NIL collective of the uh, University of Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Of course, the crew exists to enhance the experience of Raging Cajuns student athletes and provide experiences for them to connect with our engaging and enthusiastic fan base. We help with student athletes as they monetize name, image, and likeness through experiences and connections in the community. These experiences will connect our student athletes to the families and businesses of the area. And the mission of the crew raises funds and makes connections to provide name, image, and likeness opportunities for UL student athletes. Again, give to the crew outlaw in the world of college sports today. You definitely need the crew to help fund these uh, great athletes that represent the name in the on the front of their jerseys. Uh, whether it's two dollars, twenty dollars, two hundred dollars, or twenty thousand, uh, any help is good help to the crew along. Go to crewalong.com where you can give today for the official UL NIL collective. Okay. 
let's get it started. So we were actually going to start talking baseball. And actually, no, we had an interview that was lined up for tonight. So if you see the three of us, I uh, want to give a little rundown of what's going on. For some of you who don't know, uh, Twitter's been popping today. Uh, there's been a lot of activity going on with Rage and Review, uh, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, or even uh, certain fan fan forms and message boards, uh, just to kind of give a rundown on what happened. So we originally had scheduled an interview tonight with one of the UL baseball coaches. Uh, for those who don't know who it is, without saying his name, I'll give you a hint. He's been on here before. And uh, we sent a message out to him. He agreed to come on. And so... This has been in the works for about a week or so, and uh, we were talking amongst the three of us between Josh, me, uh, Nick, Josh, and I about sending out questions. So I sent him a text message today, this morning, to make sure that he was good to go. Uh, the text message I received back was, man, I'm sorry to, uh, to let you know that um, I had to basically get permission from the SID office, and they, they instru- I quote, instructed me to decline the interview. Uh, he's like, I'm sorry. I agreed to it earlier. I didn't know that was the route that they would go. I didn't know that I was, was supposed to decline it. And so I said, no, it's okay. It happens. So Nick, Josh and I got together. We talked about it and we decided to come out with a statement. Uh, I'll read the statement real quick, if that's okay with you guys, just to kind of give an idea of the approach we took. And it, and it comes from the heart. It's very true on, on where we stand as well as, uh, as well as where what our opinions are and, and, and really the feedback that we got from it. So I'll just read it real quick. The boys at Raging Review do our best to bring you, the fans, the best content and latest news on the Raging Cajuns. We work tirelessly to spread the Cajun across the nation for free and give each of you a voice, and in doing so, invited a baseball coach who has previously appeared on several different podcasts, including Rager Review, to participate in an interview tonight. The coach agreed to interview and the questions were sent ahead of time. At the last minute, we were made aware that someone in the administration had made a decision to disallow their appearance on Rage and Review. We were never contacted by the administration and no one was giving an explanation as to why uh, this interview had to be declined. We want nothing more than to bring you the fans, the possible, the best possible content week in and week out. And while we were told months ago that we were an asset to the program from the administrators, by the way, and could have access to coaches for interviews in the future, that has not panned out to be true. We apologize that we cannot come through for you, the fans, to make this happen. And while we continue to bleed the Vermilion and White, we will rethink our strategy going forward and reconsider whether any of this is worth our time and effort. So just to give everybody an idea, we have been talks, we, we've, we've talked to the administration for a good four, four years now, I believe, four to five years. Uh, it was before COVID with previous people in the administration, kind of asking them and getting their feel of what do we need to do as a podcast to be able to have uh, access to the coaches. And and one of the many uh, requests that were made is number one, you grow. Number two, you keep your content consistent. You continue to have uh, produce a lot of content and eventually we'll give in and we'll talk about it and come back and see whether or not you're worthy of an interview to interview our coaches. Five years later, we've grown to over 6,000 followers on Twitter. We have probably around 10,000 followers altogether if you include all of the social media outlets. And still no answer. Today, we came back to where we were before. Uh, We have met in the last year and a half with 
administrators. Uh, we had, like I said, they had said that we are an asset. Unfortunately, um, we're back to where we are today. So we just had to speak up and say that it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because we do a lot of work in the background. Uh, we do this for free. We put a lot of content out to provide just talk or conversation on Rage Occasion Athletics, a lot of which we don't have locally. Uh, even our local media, one of our local newspapers covers more about the school 45 minutes down the road than our own hometown team because we don't even have writers for these newspapers to cover Rage Occasion sports. Uh, that doesn't include the fact that um, the content we provide is is carried out not just by Cajun Nation, but fans of other of, of other fan bases. So it's frustrating. Um, and, and, but I will say the light at the end of the tunnel is we want to thank all of the, the overwhelming support from not just Cajun fans, but fans from other fan bases. I mean, even people that claim to not like us, were like, Hey man, you know, we're sorry you guys have to go through this. And that means the world to us because we know that we, we notice the, the gratitude and we know that our work is not done for nothing. So thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, we'll continue to talk about this. We'll keep it updated. I will say uh, there was a specific date that we will circle back to this with the administrators. And hopefully when that date rolls around, things will change. But I guess we'll take it one day at a time there and see where that lies. Um, but again, guys, thank you so much for your support. And uh, Nick, Josh, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, you know, what? what to me is the most disappointing, I think maybe a year ago, I wouldn't have been this upset, but I think the fact that we made an effort to speak with the administration, those who make these decisions, they were super excited, man. They were pumped up. They were excited to be here. They were excited to meet with us. We had a game plan to go together. And it's almost like, you know, we have all these burner accounts showing up with, with the communist Marlin and all this silly stuff going on, but it's, it's almost the truth. And I, I did a silly, silly cover for this pod today about a wall you know another brick in the wall and i put the chinese wall between the uh the athletic complex and and rage and review because there's a wall there that they continue to build and we know the reason there's there's no hiding the reason we don't follow the rules that they want us to follow not necessarily with how we interview people not with the content we put out not with um how we how we handle ourselves on the pods that they're it, it's almost like somebody who's who's punishing your child. Well, you don't put the you don't put what we want out there. You don't put our messaging out there. You speak against some of the things that you as a fan see. We don't like that, so we're going to punish you, and you don't get any access to our coaches. We're not asking for media credentials. By the way, we were told originally, well, we don't podcasts don't get to interview coaches and players. Podcasts are interviewing coaches and players. Podcasts that are, are are not affiliated with any media, that are not affiliated with UL, and are interviewing coaches and players and have media credentials and are at press conferences. But now it's because we're a fan podcast. So now we're 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 extending that 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 we're moving the bar, raising the bar a little bit higher because we don't fall in line. Well, I gotta tell you something, we're never gonna fall in line. The whole purpose of this is to give you, the fans, the voice. Because you don't necessarily have a voice. And to be told, well, we don't give podcasts, and then when other podcasts get to do it, and then you say, well, we're a po well, you're a fan podcast. 
And then the sillier reason is, well, because, because you talk bad about a coach's wife. But by the way, who's never been mentioned on this podcast, never, never been mentioned on the podcast, never been mentioned on Rage and Review Twitter. Now we're giving a different excuse. Look, we're going to ask the tough questions because guess what? Nobody else is. And if we don't ask the tough questions, who will? What happened when we questioned the attendance numbers at baseball? Magically got fixed. What happens when we took a picture of the student section and say, we got to do better? Next week, there were giveaways. People showed up. Students were there. We're not doing this just to moan and gripe and be negative. Trust me. We would love nothing more than every week to come on here and say, man, everything is great. There is nothing that needs to be fixed. But we're going to speak up when we see, in a very respectful manner, by the way, we're going to speak up in a respectful manner on the platform that we're allowed to have and speak on behalf of what the fans are saying. And you're not always going to like that message. Uh, That's just reality. But you can't treat us like children and say, well, you can't, you know, you don't get the message out that we want. So we're going to wag our finger at you and you don't get to do with other people do. And we're going to, we're going to. You know, expand those goalposts because, well, podcasts can do it. Now podcasts can do it, but your specific podcast format can't do it. So that that tells me they're targeting us specifically because we're not saying the things that they want to hear. Never going to do it, man. And if that means that we never have access to a coach, you're only hurting yourself. And I think that's what the sad part is. We wanted to bring that coach on today for you guys to hear from them. And we had a list of awesome questions we were going to ask. In fact, I'm going to bring up one of those questions later because I would like to know from our coaching staff how they would have handled a certain situation that Rice handled. Never going to have to, never going to get the answer to that question now for you guys. And despite what some people may think, I'm not doing this for recognition. Jerry's not doing this for recognition. Josh is not. In fact, it takes a lot of time, I know, away from their family. That's why we do it at 8, because Jerry has kids to put to bed, and Josh has a life, and I mean, I'm playing Call of Duty, so I don't have that excuse. But the point is, we all have things that we could be doing other than this, and the only reason we're doing it is to be your voice. And I don't know if them pushing back on us and extending those goalposts and raising the bar is a compliment to that and means we're doing our job. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of uncomfortable people probably watching us right now that have been talking about what we said today all day long. And they're not happy with us. And I'm sorry. I worked with this university from 1997 to 2019. The the atmosphere, the Teague, would not be what it is today. I'm going to take credit for that. If it was not for me, back in the day as a student, taking Robe's direction and doing what he told me to do. I did everything that I could to protect that as long as I was there till 2019. And I will be damned if I'm going to let that go and let people tarnish the reputation of of our athletic department, especially baseball. I'm going to fight for that every single day. So you can silence us. You can give us excuses, but we know the reason. And you're not hurting us. You're hurting the fans. And, and that's, I mean, I've got so much more I can say about that. I don't want to take all night. But again, I just want to point out, this is about the fans. It ain't about us three. It's about the fans. The reason we're here. We want to do better for you. We want to put out great content. And we want you to hear from the coaches that that and, and ask the questions that you guys all have in mind. Think about the fact that when HUD came on here for an interview, HUD, he left here on terrible terms. We go and interview HUD. 
and we repaired his freaking image and now people want to hire him back. So don't, don't, I mean, what's the worst that can happen if you have a coach on this show? What do you think we're going to do? Especially in baseball, which to us is almost our crown jewel. What do you think we're going to do? What kind of questions do you think we're going to ask? And by the way, we send those questions ahead of time, like you said, Jerry. So again, I could go on for hours. The point is, it's not hurting us. It's hurting you. And that hurts me. Well, I just think it's funny, Josh, before you go that, you know, the baseball coaches, I'm going to see him in tomorrow anyway. I'm a Diamond Club member. I give to the Diamond Club. I donate to baseball. We donate money. Like, to the people that think that, you know, we, we're just a bunch of Walmart Cajun fans, all three of us have degrees from UL. We, we, we support UL financially. We do a lot on the podcast. I mean, this is extra stuff for us. This is this is Lanyap. You know, we do the things that's asked, you know, to invest in the program, to buy in, to give, to go to the games, to show up and support the team. We do all that on top of this. So to act like that we're just here to be negative and all this other stuff, we, I mean, we are super fans. But to sit here and say that you can't be, you can't give feedback and be negative. We look. The reality is, for those watching that we're talking about that inside that Cox building, we're your customer base. We are your Google review. We are we your are Yelp. investors, Jerry. I, I will mean, say it again. The the funniest comment that came out of any conversations we had with administration today is, why do fans feel like they need to know things? Because we're investors. I will say that till the day we are investing in a product. And when you don't listen to the people who are investing in your product, guess what? Look at what's happening in the Cajun Dome. You're not listening. And look what happened. I'll be damned if I'm going to let that happen to baseball. I will fight tooth and nail for that if that ever – if it looks like it's going that direction in baseball. But you, you, you do all these things, and you put up these walls and barriers. You don't communicate with your fans, and then you raise your hands up and go – I don't well, I wonder why. It's not rocket science. If you think you're gonna throw a price tag thinking that all your problems are gonna be solved by outpricing an ordinary blue collar fan here, you're bound to fail. I'm just gonna be blunt. You are going to fail. If you think that you're gonna be able to monetize everything that you have, thinking I have to make money, which is fine. I understand it. You're in a business of having to make money, but also too. If you bring in more fans and you find ways to more, attract more fans, you're going to make money because that's more fans spending money, spending on commerce, showing up to your games, making your stadium look more full. That's that's kind of the, the market we're reaching out to. Look, we know the big we know half most of the big donors. We know who they are and we appreciate what they who they are. We appreciate what they give. and We appreciate their love for the university. But there's only so many of them. RCAF barely barely has twenty five hundred members. That it's been around for 15, 16 years. That's not big enough for something that's been around for 15, 16 years. We need we need new donors. We need new people to give money. That's we our job. We're, and we're trying to and when we say that, oh, you're just being negative. Well, guess what? You're trying to monetize. Keeping your, your membership number stagnant for 15 years does not help you monetize. So we're trying to give you feedback on how to monetize, but not only do you not listen, you criticize us for giving you feedback that could help you. We're running the program like it's 1965. We're relying on traditional media that doesn't work. Obviously, it's not working. Look at the attendance in all of our sports. It ain't working. You're relying on traditional media. And then when somebody comes around that's fresh and that has new ideas and that is the platform that most people listen to. Look, we have coach. You come and say that we're controversial. You have coaches that are going on Matt Mascona's show and on post game, he and T-Bob Hebert or, or whatever his name is. It, or talking about 
uh, talking about, you know, uh, men's genitals and and the, the coach's wives and cursing and throwing F-bombs all over the place. But you allow a coach to go on that platform, but we can't because we're too controversial. Are you kidding me? That's absurd. So, that, that is absurd. Is. I'm sorry. Again, that is crazy. Raising the bar. It, it's that is changing crazy. the rules to to not not embrace the media that people want. I, I guarantee you, there were a ton of people watching that post game because that was entertaining. And I'm not saying we're going to talk about all that stuff on this podcast because we don't do that. But again, it's a changing media, and we're running things like it's 1965. We're in 2024. We have got to start embracing the things that our fans want and that's truth that's honesty and that's a platform to be able to talk to the administration who won't talk to anyone it's just it's quiet and it's crickets all the time yeah so i uh we do a show right so part of doing a show is it has to be entertaining you you we lean it we lean into bits we kind of joke around we have these running inside jokes that people have caught on to and these are all the small building blocks of a community. And if you can go back to episodes from 2018, and we talked about building a community. Our goal was always to build a community, which by the way, I feel like we've succeeded in that. This whole man about town thing, I mean, it's a character. I think you guys have figured that out by now. Obviously, I, I'm not, I, the man about town is a sensationalized version of my personality. The, 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 regular guy, me, is from here, of here, went to school here, lives here, raising a family here, will be here probably until I'm dead. Way longer than any of these, these people in the administration are ever going to be here. We do this and have done this and set out to build a community because we felt like there was a void in the way that the administration was approaching engagement. And you guys, the people who listen, responded. You built this. We didn't do anything. We turn on a mic and we turn on a video camera and we talk about what you talk about. And it resonates because there's truth in it. It's genuine. We come here, we have a patio conversation. We talk about the things that we talk about on the back porch. That's what these people just cannot figure out. I had a phone call with an administrator today, and it was the guy who denied the interview. And I'll give him some credit because he called me back. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have called me back. And I'm glad he waited, to be honest, because I was pretty heated when all this went down. It's not like we haven't been denied on interviews before. This one just hit home a little bit too close. Uh, but I, I just want to say I was mostly disappointed in the, the amount of times that he said our fans are talked about building a base, are talked about how the community felt connected to the athletics. Zero. There was no talk of that. In fact, I was the one in the conversation that constantly built, brought up the fans and the way that they felt disconnected. And how are we going to bring people back to the events? And why are we only selling half of the Teague out? Which, by the way, he thought was interesting that I thought that the 2,500 number was low. I digress because that could be a whole podcast. It's not only that it's the disconnect. The disconnect is obvious to everybody who's paying attention. It's a disconnect, and they don't know what the hell to do about it. They don't even know the specifics of why this is even happening. 
And that is way more concerning to me. But the audacity to demonize three guys that come on here week in and week out, unpaid. Now look, we love our sponsors, but we're not getting paid from these sponsors. We're using it to pay for subscriptions and equipment and and outreach. And a lot of times we give it to RCAF or the baseball program, our track man, our people that are trying to go on trips to represent the university or the alumni association. I could go on. We give back everything we make to this program because it's not about Nick and it's not about Jerry and it ain't about me. I think we've made that clear from day one. If you want to say that we come on here and we get a kick out of kind of being characters on a show, I mean, yeah, there's a level of that that's fun, but it's also part of the engagement. It wouldn't be any fun if we got on the show and just, hey, so let's read some stats today, uh, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Nobody would. That's what the administration does. They have, they have podcasts that they've tried here and there. They don't, get any, they don't get any engagement. You're talking about weekly thousands of views on a platform that we do for free. And I bet every single one of the people that are here tonight, watching, listening, that will listen, these two guys for sure, this is a truth. The reason why we get so up in arms about the, the decisions that are being made is because we feel like our, our athletic program is literally on the cusp of going away. They are running it into the ground, and I'm not scared to say that. I told that to the guy on the phone today. You are failing in what you're doing. So you can continue to refer to an archaic policy that obviously isn't working. You can continue to bring your coaches on terrestrial radio that has 30 listeners at a time during peak drive time that has a demographic that's above 50. You can continue to do that, or you could try to facilitate young supporters, young donors on a non-traditional media source that has already built itself. Maybe you could bring us into the fold and say, this is why we think what you're doing is detrimental. This is what we think you should do. They have never done it, not once. They have told us all the things we shouldn't do and all the things they didn't like that we do, and they've moved the goalpost every single freaking time we have a conversation, but they have never laid out a plan to say, hey, we can work together if this. It's never happened. And anytime they even, and even time, anytime they even give a hint of that, as soon as we achieve, it's a new, it's a new goal. It's, it's a new opportunity. It's a new uh, obstacle that we have. So we have been told repeatedly, this is what you need to do. We've, we've hit the mark and then they've moved it. Now, if you want to say that we've said controversial things, okay. Anybody listen to the uh, the LSU podcast? Anybody listen to, uh, by the way, the SID came from Texas A&M. Anybody listen to TechSag's uh, content? Please compare it to Rage and Review and tell me that that is, it's, it's, our content is rated G compared to anything on those platforms. And they're some of the most popular platforms in American collegiate athletics. But I'm going to be, I'm going to be attacked because I, I quote tweeted a Jenny Marlin tweet after she was attacking our fans all afternoon. And I quote tweeted a Jenny Mar- Marlin tweet and it said, who's going to tell her? Who's going to tell her? That is the first time in the history of this podcast that name has been mentioned. But that, that is the been, first time. That, was, that has been given as the reason that, by the way, from your personal account, that we can't interview coaches. Correct. Now, anything said in our personal account is used against us on the Raging Review account. Which, by the way, we do our own opinions on those own private uh, uh, accounts to avoid anybody thinking that it's totally endorsed by the Raging Review brand. Or, you know, if I say one thing, it doesn't necessarily mean Nick and Jerry think the same thing. 
So we started using our personal accounts a lot more about a year and a half ago. Because often I don't, to be honest. And we've been very careful about that. Like I've been very adamant about that because we all have our personal accounts. We have our we have a right to have personal opinions, but they they bring they keep they they bring up this excuse like, well, if you say something on your personal account, it reflects Rage Review. No, it doesn't. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. The example I was given was what if an administrator at UL did that on his personal account? Wouldn't it reflect bad on the university? My answer to that is you are a public uh, um, you're you're an employee of a public institution being paid by said institution. We are making content for a hobby podcast as a fan. It's not on the same planet, but it just goes to show you that they'll use anything to try to tell us that it would be negative for a guy that we've known for years, who we've already interviewed, who is honestly, his content lately that he just went on a podcast last week was consumed by a whole lot of people on a podcast that a whole lot of people don't know about. It would have been engaging. We would have treated him with respect. He's one of us. We know what to ask him. The people that listen to Rage and Review and Cajun fans at large, I believe, based on the numbers from other interviews, like the way we interview our own. I thought it would have been a fantastic show. But they can't let it happen. And the person couldn't give me a single reason why it would be negative. I could go on about the phone call. I won't do that. I don't want to bore anybody. I just kind of want to give a synopsis. But at the end of the day, Rage and Review is and has always been about growing the fan base. Growing the fan base. Not growing my personal profile and not growing anybody else's. It, it, it hasn't been about personal vendettas. It hasn't been about making things personal with people that don't like us. It's none of that. Sometimes it happens because people are thin-skinned and they take themselves too, too seriously. But that th those are byproducts. At the end of the day, all we want to do is grow the fan base. We want to walk into a Teague that has an overflow crowd. We want to walk into a Cajun Dome that has more than 1,000 season ticket holders. We want to walk into a Cajun field that's going to be renovated and not half empty. But they, they don't know what they're doing. And it's evident in any number, any metric you want to present. The community has told you. And my favorite part of the conversation today is that administrator asked me at the end of it, why is there such a disconnect between the community and athletics? Now, he's asking me, some jackass fan-centric podcast host who's not good enough to, to interview his assistant baseball coach, my opinion on why there's a disconnect. Kind of ironic. We go from I found it to be very interesting. We go from critiquing the podcast to now asking the podcast for advice on how to interact with the fan base. But but I think what's more frustrating about all of it is the fact that we can we literally come on here every week and to give them the answers to the test and they still fail the test. Like I don't know that they really want to hear the answer because I've said this before, it takes effort. Like you got to work at this. It ain't just, it ain't, it ain't a free lunch. You got to work to, you have to be intentional in your marketing to the community. And you see that at a Southern Miss and you see, especially App State, look at all of the great things. We, we even gave suggestions on, look at what App State's doing. Like, how can we do that here? Radio silence. We need a mascot that could be radio silence. Anything that is proposed is radio silence. And that's what we want to do is bridge that gap, but we're not given the opportunity. And there's that wall. We want you to come to our games. We want you to talk about our program. But if you don't follow our rules, we want nothing to do with you. Now, if you're in the if you're in the the little the little click and the little group, then you're cool. But again, 
it, we're giving you the answers, but you don't like the answers. So I, I, wanna I, give, I, I don't know what, what do you I do? I want to give this little anecdote because you brought up, you know, comparing ourselves to our peer institutions. There are 10 fan-centric, fuck, made-up word, podcasts in the Sunbelt Conference, peer institutions that have their coaches on. 10. We are one of two that don't. And I would argue that Rage and Review is probably the biggest, most followed, most consumed, outside of maybe one podcast in the league. Now, we have a podcast that we helped start from scratch. We gave, well, they basically are our protégés. And my, my, my guys at uh, the ODU Monarchist podcast will back me up. They Great started content. their podcast like two years ago. We were the ones that, that inspired them to do that. They said that they were thinking about maybe doing it. We had them on the show for a collaboration, yada, yada. Anyway, they started, the, they started their own pod. In less than a year, they had their coach in baseball, basketball, and football agreed to do exclusive, uh, exclusive shows for each sport. I just want to give one small uh, glimpse into the, what's going on over there. Their basketball team has six wins, I believe, this year. Six or seven. They're like six and 22. It's, it's rough. They had some issue with their, their head coach and whatever. They lead the Sunbelt Conference in attendance. They have six wins in the, in the, on the season, and they lead the Sunbelt Conference in attendance at almost 5,800 average per game. Now, I'm not saying it's because the Monarchists have such a great podcast. They're getting guys to the stadium. They're getting fans to the stadium. What I am saying is that their administration's attitude towards fans and donors obviously is a positive one when they're allowing access to coaches and still able to fill their basketball arena where they can't win anything. Think about the juxtaposition when you look at where Lafayette stands, the guys in Lafayette at UL stand with their attitude against uh, toward their fans and their donors, where we have some of the best facilities, the highest-paid coaches, we spend the most on basketball, and we can't draw flies to the Cajun Dome, one of the nicest venues in the South. That is not an accident. Nobody can tell me that's an accident. So I just wanted to say that, and the last thing I'm going to say about it is I do not care what these people think of me. Some people want to be liked. I don't care about that shit. I don't. I care about the health of our programs. It was fun we being 13 and 1. It was fun going to New Orleans Bowl every year under HUD. It was fun going to the, the, the College World Series and hosting regionals. It was fun doing all that stuff. I want to do that. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in making friends at the ball game. I'm interested in building a community of raging Cajun fans that will stand up to a TSAB or a LaTeX or a McNeese or whatever, whatever it is. I want to be associated with a group of people like that. That is proud to be a raging Cajun. That is my number one goal. Being liked by the administrators is not, it's nowhere on my damn totem pole. So I will always side with the fan. I will always side with the blue collar guy that makes 40,000 a year and still finds a way to give a thousand to the freaking RCAF, the ones that they piss on and get rid of the events for just the regular people. The ones that don't put the lights on and the ones that don't pay for the charter flights and the ones that the ones that don't matter. They don't they don't rank high up on the RCAF, the, the RCAF list. That's the people they care about. I care about the people that will turn us on on a Tuesday afternoon just to hear about how the baseball team did because they were offshore on Saturday and couldn't catch the game. That's who I care about. And that's why we're here. That's why we come here every week. And that's the last thing I'm going to say. I think this was kind of a um... – a big moment today, not because of what happened, but I think it's kind of, I'm hoping that it's a wake up call to our fans 
not necessarily because of what happened to us, but just the fact that now I hope people see where we're coming from when it comes to the content we produce and the things that we talk about. But also you look, and I've said this two weeks ago, you go to a basketball game, you look around the Cajun Dome, there's nobody there. You know, the football games, we we averaged 16,000 people last year. Two years ago, we averaged 14,000. And you go around walking around the tailgate, and at one time the tailgate was the place to be for a football game. There's nobody there tailgating anymore. You know, you go you go to a baseball game last week, and you on a Sunday they only count two thousand people. When in reality, like this week, yesterday, you show up to the game. It's the same amount of people. They count thirty seven hundred. They can't even get the attendance numbers right. And they do all of these little things, these little small detailed hiccups and we say those things but we're being negative we, we we're we it's our fault it's our, we're, we're the scapegoat for somebody else's mistakes I, same thing in basketball two years ago we finished in eighth place we call it out oh it's rage review just being negative no that's not that's that, that's not our job to to produce those type of results it's not our job to count attendance it's not our job to make sure you get people to show up to your tailgates it's not our job to make sure you get more than ten thousand people in a football stadium it's not our job to make sure you sell more than a thousand season tickets we just point that out that it's not happening how come only in lafayette are we negative how come southern miss doesn't think we're negative how come when we interview new york time best-selling authors they don't think we're negative how come every year when we talk to phil Steele, he doesn't say you know what we're not going to come on your pod you're too negative how come every year when we talk to kendall rogers he doesn't think we're negative how come every time we interview an espn uh broadcaster we're not negative how come tim brando came on talked three hours with us about literally everything how come he didn't think we were too negative how come players students family members i could go on and on and on how come they never think we're negative how come behind the scenes we got player parents from every single damn sport, even basketball, who we are not high on, obviously? How come we have them in our DM saying, hey, let's, let me tell you what's really going on? How come we're not negative to them? We're only negative to the people that we're talking about and holding truth and, and speaking truth to power. I, I mean, we all know the answer why, but it's only them. And it's only the ass kissers that follow them around that want to be somebody around UL. Like, I mean, we could name some names, but we won't do that. We're only negative to a small segment of the population. Outside of that, how many times did you see on Twitter or Facebook or whatever today, you guys do a great job representing Raging Cajun Athletics. Thanks for what you do. Please keep doing it. Don't go away. Uh, without you guys, we wouldn't even know about Raging Cajun Athletics. I mean, dude, the shit goes on and on and on. Josh, we had a breakthrough moment today with TSAB Preston, who we have gone, I have fought that guy on Twitter for months because I think he's an idiot. And Called all of Amigas. a sudden, Called Amigas. all of a sudden, my dude Preston is liking my, my stuff and we're going back and forth and he's on our side. Like that, that gives you. When you, when you have people <laughs> in Baton Rouge siding with you, you know, I mean, one of the comments, you know, you're on the right one side. One of the comments from one, and I, one of their fans was like, you know I, know, I know I should give you grief right now, but that's a shame that y'all can't get right. what y'all can get. And I'm like, wow, okay. Even even some of our Southern Miss friends, some of which we go back and forth. Hey, you know what? We like to go back and forth, but man, you guys do a great job. Y'all keep doing your thing, you know? Um, By the way, I, I make mean, myself look so stupid to Southern Miss fans just because I'm trying to get our fans riled up to respond back, and it never works, damn yeah. it. We've always been I'm in trying. it to create rivalries. <laughs> we have always been in it to try to create rivalries, whether it's TSAT, whether it's Southern Miss. We don't have any damn rivalries because nobody cares enough to, to stir it up. 
honestly, I mean, am I wrong about that? We have spent countless amount of hours trying to get people engaged. It finally works. They call us negative. <laughs> Look, I just, I just feel like I, I would say that 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 certain people in in who are involved in this program are treating our program like an Ohio state. Like they think that we they're too big for the average fan, but even Ohio state wouldn't care. I mean, they'd probably let us interview their coach. If we played them this season, like they don't care about those little things. It's what, what they're doing seems small time. And that's, and that's what bothers me. Like if we're going to be a big time program, and we're going to be one of the leaders in the G5, which, by the way, we were just two years ago. We were a national brand. We were in people's mouths that were talking about us, okay? Just a year ago, we were getting 3 million people watching us on uh, in basketball, and we've done nothing with either. We've regressed back to where we were 10 years ago, maybe even further. So this this line of thinking where... They think that it, it almost feels like they think they're too good for this kind of, of media and attention. You other programs would be great. In fact, we got invites from other other teams fans to go on their side and help them out. They love our content. But you're look, if you're again, embrace the nobody is knocking the door down to be the only the only media outlet, and we're not media, but the only outlet to be 100% Cajuns. There is no other outlet out there that is 100% Cajuns, unapologetic, and that's it. And you're going to take the only outlet that you have that is 100% on your side, that wants nothing but the best for your program, and tell them you're not good enough to talk to our coaches. That tells me that this is small-time thinking, and that's where we are. Maybe it's the laugh. Maybe Lafayette's too small. Maybe I, I I don't know. But like, if we're gonna act like a big time program, then act like a big time program. You don't get to pick and choose. Well, we're gonna be small time here, but big time here. If you're a big time program, again, like I said, you got the, our head coach interviewing with guys who were talking about body parts in post game shows. You're okay with that? They probably get media credentials and go on 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 the sideline for a game. We're not asking for all that, man. We're just asking to get access to coaches who choose to be on our show. We're not going to go chasing around anybody who doesn't want to be here. If they want to be on our show, let them be on our show. I, 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 there's like, it just boggles my mind why this is even a thing. Like we're not talking about a, a, a coach that says, no, we don't want to be there. We're talking about guys who want to be on our show. We're absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, this, this guy, who aggravates the ever living crap out of me, and I cannot I mean, stand. Look at this. On, on, look at on this. How awesome is, is that? Is giving us hey. love. So I still hate you. Don't <laughs> don't get that. You know, don't get that wrong. But I appreciate your thoughts. No, for real. I mean, this nah, is a perfect seriously. example. People don't even know how big that was. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I appreciate the TSAB usage. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job. We, we, we appreciate, appreciate the, it, man. the temporary Thank you. love. Uh, now, now Saturday, it's a different story. But but I mean, look. At the end of the day. Even fans from other fan bases are seeing what type of like how how important content is for any school. I would say the same thing about other universities as well, right? I mean, again, you know, ODU Monarchists. We, I'm, I'm proud to say we helped them create what they uh, played a big part of creating what they created. They've got over three thousand followers now, and they're growing. They do a great, they job. do an awesome they job. Do. 
They do you know, so many things. They give back to the community. They interview yeah. their coaches. It's great. But God, do they say anything anything negative? I oh mean, my God. You, God forbid they say something that's not glowing. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous well, thing ever, man. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the negative and positive stuff, as Cajuns, you can't you can't lie. Like we're not gonna lie. We'll say the positives. You know what's funny though? Nine out of ten times, nine of the nine, nine out of the ten times we say things that are positive. It's always that one time where it just rubs somebody the wrong way, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that one that that ten percent is just so bad. And it my answer is this: you know, if you want us to be positive, we'll be positive, but you also got to give us a reason to be positive. Again, at the end of the day, we're we're paid, we're paying customers to your product that you're asking us to be positive about. If we have a bad experience, we're not gonna lie. You, what you want us to lie to people? You want us yes, to lie to our that's fans? What they want. I'm not gonna lie. We're gonna be on the right side of history at the end of all of this. Like no matter what happens, there is nothing that can be said that will say the administration the administration got it right. Because let me let me tell you this: who, if we interviewed anybody, players, coaches, whatever from this program, Jerry, you have a really good job. Josh, you're really successful. I have a damn good job. What are we going to do to jeopardize our livelihood by asking stupid questions or being completely irreverent in, in an atmosphere like this? Totally agree. We would never, ever do anything to jeopardize that. We have ne we have interviewed so many people. We have never come close. Never. We wouldn't even dream of doing it because if you don't understand that we put the university athletic programs above everything else that we do, you don't understand Rage and Review. And if they think that us saying the administration is failing in certain areas means we hate the university, again, it's more of a personal issue, not an overall, hey, maybe we should rethink our strategy issue. I bet I bet I bet I can guess which fan page this is, by the I way. I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> Listen, bro, you you deleted me and kicked me off because well, I made I made it, a, an accurate <laughs> statement. No, I made an accurate statement. They got a guy on there acting like a damn fool and and he's he's coming after Rage Review, coming after uh to coming after me and Jerry. And I, I said, hey, you know, this guy's chasing me around the internet. I put a meme up there of uh I don't know if I should say his name and cause a stir, but the 40 year old version meme, you know, that you guys know what I'm talking about. And then uh, Daryl freaking, he locked me from the damn up. Uh, Daryl's good people. I'll talk to him. We'll, we'll get you well, back. We'll get that. Oh, that's ridiculous. You need to let me back on that. <laughs> no, page, I'll, say, I'll say this. He, like, whoever that guy was, called us, called Rage Review out first. That's not going to happen. We, 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 hey, like, that guy was works. making personal threats to private people, Mr. Daryl. I'll tell yeah, you that right now. Yeah, so well, the reason why I posted this shit is because he was talking about me in an inappropriate manner. I actually took the high road. So well, let me back. You know, you were talking about Josh, about about your man about town character being a character. But let me tell you, you go after Josh or his family personally, and it's all like don't kick off. What, 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 As it should be. But what, exactly, who would do exactly. that? What what classy person would go after somebody's family and unstable people? Just saying. Who would do that? I mean that that is absurd. That is crazy talk. Okay, and some of these people that do that have kind of a high stature in in, in our fan base. I don't hear, That's the problem. I, mean, I don't want to get too too far off the 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 path on this one. Um, but but Daryl did say he didn't block you, so we we're gonna get to the bottom of this, Josh. I, I think promise. it's well, somebody somebody pushed me off the page until March something. Which, by the way, I don't really care because you know for ten reasons. But I mean, come on, dude. Like, how you want to talk about being small time? You can't post a meme. I mean, damn. No hat on today. No hat on today for me. It is. It is. It is a, a sad. By day. the way, I had a new UL hoodie today, but Andrew Grady 
like set the stage. He's like, I wonder if Nick's going to wear the Astros gear. So got it on for you, Andrew. But before we move on, I'll say this. If any administrators leaving or leaving, listening, I'll just ask. We're going to let's extend the olive branch. Just come and talk to us. Talk to us. Don't go behind our backs talking about how bad we are in your office. Don't go, you know, complain at when y'all go eat at lunch about how bad Rager Review is. Talk, you know who we are. You know all of us personally, most of you who are probably listening and watching. Talk to us. Let's go to lunch. Let's go have coffee. Let's let's sit down and talk about how we can fix this and how how we can play a role in this. Come talk Y'all to can us. take Jerry to lunch. Take Jerry yeah, to lunch. I don't want to hear. I don't got time for lunch. I mean, we just been, do we've your been damn this, job. Jerry, we've been do your job. This. No, no, take but, but y'all need to be do the, your job. Then we can move on. Y'all, I don't want to go to lunch or at least do like, like just talk to us. Talk I tell you us. what the olive branch is, is to let us interview a freaking coach and see how it goes. And if you want to be present while it happens, we'll let you on the podcast with him and you can sit on the stage and you can cut them out. I'll give you admin privileges. Boom. That's all we're asking. Let so us interview you, Gunner. Let us ask the questions that we were going to ask. Let's get it to the fans ahead of LSU week so that we can go have fun in Houston all together and we we can all we can all rally around an interview and listen to it on the way to Houston in some some uh, uh cases, but none of it. There's nothing negative about it. Nothing. Nothing. They just don't want to be associated with us because it's a personal vendetta with a few people. And my thought is that it comes from the top. Just my view. I don't know if it's true. Shout out to Destiny Blackwell. One of, one of the Goat Southern Miss accounts. I think she's awesome, and every fan base should have one of her. So thanks, Destiny, for listening in. My favorite, before you go, Jerry, my favorite comment from Destiny ever was that I make her eye twitch, and I, I just love that. That is my favorite. <laughs> you know, and one other thing, too, um, to people who don't know since we've already been through this spiel, one of the reasons why we were denied interviews, for those who don't know, was because of the fact that I posted that picture of the empty student section against Troy. Um, Heard it here first. It was all Gary's fault. It's all my fault. Yeah, Gary. It's all my fault. But what's funny about that and what's ironic about that was, Josh, what exactly happened the following week after I posted that picture of the empty student section and people saw it? What did the university do? Oh, for the Thursday night game, by the way, a following uh, game was Thursday night. Five days turnaround for no students. Student participation tripled. They gave away a TV and some ear pods and we had a decent showing. I mean, they let some Greeks in. They still harassed them, but they did it at least. Uh, so, yeah, so shaming them typically works, and that's why we do it. You know, it'd be amazing if they just get in front of it, and we wouldn't have to have these episodes. We wouldn't have to post pictures. What's funny, what the, the dripping irony here is, is that they don't do their jobs to get the students in the student section, but then they blame Rager for Review for pointing it out, and then they scapegoat us like, like we caused the students not to go to the games. It, the, the, the irony is insane. Yeah, and also, too, um, I mean, look, right now, I'm just before we move on, I'm just going to say this <laughs> local media outside of like your TV media and a little bit, maybe a little bit of radio, if that even exists. Where are you got, man? Where are you got? Where where are you got left? When's the last time you put it on an FM station and just listened? When's the last time? It's been a while. When's the last time you listened to anything sports related in Lafayette and they didn't talk about us for 15 seconds and TSAP for two minutes? And McNeese. I agree. And McNeese, of all people. Like, who cares? Where are you got, man? Look, if Bobby Bear, who is like the voice, almost one of the voices of the Saints, can moan and groan about Dennis Allen for three hours after the Saints game, after a loss, and then two days later interview him, Jerry, we should be able to interview an assistant We can coach. go down the line with examples, man. We can go down the line. Again, the Daily Advertiser, 
which has one beat writer who doesn't even cover us in 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 baseball or softball or anything. The one like the the first article in our hometown paper, and these are people with media credentials. The first article they had in months was about our eight million dollar deficit. You want to talk about being negative? And that is a credentialed media in, your, he has own, credentials. in your, yes. your own city that doesn't even cover your baseball or softball team or basketball. And the story wasn't even true. The story was the story. It was there was a half truth to it. But he, yeah, he he's jumped gonna the be, gun. He's going to be get, given access to players, oh, coaches, yeah. and he'll be able to go to all press yeah. conferences. And, oh yeah. But we're too negative. But yeah. you got a you got you got a, a media outlet in your own city. That the only articles are coming out with are lies, but we're too negative because we said you need to do better. <laughs> the difference is Twilight zone, we, man. the difference is is we're right. We are consistently right. We consistently bring up the issues that they would rather ignore. We consistently talk about the fans that they ignore, that they don't know how to reach out to. That's the difference. We're consistent and we're right. That's the difference. And, and also, they have that personal personal vendetta and we're also, getting way too negative here we talk about fans about butts and seats um there are no butts and seats in the stadium because nobody shows up so we try to do our best to cultivate that and when we cultivate that we tell people how to get butts and seats oh no you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're doing people gotta pay money they gotta pay they're too they're, they, they they're too cheap around here well, we had butts and seats this weekend or last weekend, and they tried to act like we didn't have butts and seats. So even when we actually get people to go to the games, they want to say they're not there. It's it's incredible. If you go down the list of all the different uh, responses on the different platforms and see how many people truly believe that there's some sort of mandate above athletics to kill it, people really think that right now. Now, if you're an administrator in Martin Hall, you're ignoring that. If you're an administrator at the athletic department, you're ignoring that. But the people on the ground really think that's happening. It's hard to argue with that. We at least have the audacity to come on here and talk about what the people are talking about. Whether it's true or not, at least we're discussing it. We're giving they them feel, feedback. It's, they feel heard. Why, they why? feel like somebody's listening. These administrators at these schools pay thousands of dollars for consultants to come in, and they pay all this money to these marketing teams, these national marketing teams, to say, hey, what are we doing wrong? How can we fix it? We're giving it to you for free, and we're on ground zero. We're here. We don't have to fly in from California to tell you what you need to do. We're here. We go to the games. We support you. We give to the foundations and whatnot. And we're giving you Gentlemen, feedback. Gentlemen, we have a uh, guest speaker on the space, which, by the way, I never said this at the top, but if you guys uh, want to say anything about this topic or how you feel about no, it, call in, uh, please. By, by all means, get into the space and request to speak. We'll get you on. Uh, Jared, floor is yours, sir. Thanks for listening. What you got? Yeah, guys, I just want to say thank you for all that y'all do. Uh, the same thing that went on with you or that is going on with you guys is the same reason we don't have a podcast covering softball no more. Uh, when Rory was doing it, he reached out to Lonnie over at FSU, which was the national championship softball coach. Uh, she gave him the time of the day. wasn't a problem. He called Kenny G over at Oklahoma State. The guy's been in the World Series, I think, four or five times. He was actually eating lunch, stopped his lunch to talk to Rory. He did not feel bothered. Uh, Rory has talked to Allie, which won a, a national championship with Alabama. Uh, there was no issues. Uh, Coach Glasgow was wanting to go on Rory's podcast. Um, players was wanting to go on there. And, I mean, he made numerous requests to get these guys on there, and the administration never backed him up. And he just, you know, got tired of the fight and just dropped it. Um, you know, you had fans that tuned in to his podcast, look forward to it, 
and that's the only information they ever got. The media around here uh, never produces nothing, and he was the only one doing it. Um, and it just becomes tiresome when you're the only one doing something that nobody's back. You know, tell, us, you know? tell us about it. I just it. want to tell you guys, thank you for everything that y'all do. And it just amazes me that what the administration does to run fans off when they should be growing fans. That's all. Appreciate those comments. And Rory did a great job. And Rory was friends with, with Jerry. And Rory knew the game. And Rory was actively growing. Like you said, I mean, Jared said it. He was talking to national championship coaches. But there's a reason why people are successful in life. Because they understand the details and the small things add up to big things. Here, nah, we ain't worried about that. Details, don't bother me with that. It, it's, uh, it's truly a sad state of things. And awesome. we were and Josh, we were just talking about expanding the, the the our network, like having a whole network of things that we are we're getting excited about and want to do. And and again, not getting paid for any of this, like just trying to get get things rolling and get more content out there and be more relevant for you guys and what you want to hear. And that might even have involved a Rory or whatever. But then something like this happens and then you throw up your hands and say, why is it worth it? And then at the same time, you think, well, if you stop doing all of it, then they win. So it's really a struggle from like, I'm tired of fighting this battle. But then if I stop fighting this battle, they win. But then again, it like, it, is it worth it? Like, is it worth Josh, you, your time away from your family, Jerry, your time away from your family. I mean, me cutting out call of duty for five hours to cut, to cut a, uh, one of these shows and cut it, you know, it's like when, sometimes enough is enough. And it almost feels like we're at the tipping point where it's just like this is between this and NIL and everything else happening. This is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to keep uh, doing this every week? hundred percent there, hundred percent there. In fact, I was there the last time this happened somehow or another ended up getting sucked back in. But here's the thing. It's one thing to decide whether it's worth it or not. It's another thing to convince your wife that, he, that it's, it's the time, the time is, is valuable. Because, dude, I mean, what is the return, honestly? Obviously, we've gotten a good network out of it. We've met a ton of people. We've accomplished our goals and what we set out to do. But this was only supposed to be the tip of the iceberg. We can do so many things. We have so many different opportunities that we, we really don't, I mean, we don't really pursue them because we have hit a glass ceiling. I mean, we could do so much. We could do tailgates. We can do events, fundraisers, et cetera. I mean, there's so many things we could do. No, but, but we, we hedge because we know leadership is going to put a limit on what we can do. No, but they still want us to do that. That's the funny thing. They'll they'll say, oh, you want to do a tailgate? Yes, yeah, spend the money. Give us the money to do the tailgate. And then, when, like you said, we want to do what we did today, interview a, an assistant coach, can't do that. We'll take your money. You can have our, your tailgate spot. You can participate in all of that. But want to interview a, uh, an assistant coach? Nah, nah, can't do that. Because And what was the reasoning, Josh? Why? why? What, was, what was the reasoning? What was the uh, well? We're inflammatory, inflammatory. and we're a fan centric yeah. podcast. Yeah, they'll By share the way, our content. They'll share our content. They'll quote tweet, quote, uh, quote tweet our stuff. They'll talk they'll about how money. great we are, but too inflammatory. Too inflammatory. They sure well, do you they, take the they, money? <laughs> they'll take our thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars we've given over the last six years due to the success of Razor Review. They'll take that. Too inflammatory, though. Well, that shit's gonna stop. Too inflammatory. All I know is uh, in the next couple of weeks, we will circle back to this with said administrators. And I, I know you guys know that it's probably not going to turn out the way we want it. But, but hey, look, it's public record now. Everybody knows. 
Everybody knows we will circle back to this. By the way, this is a call to action, too, because I'm going full rogue tonight. Let your voices be heard. If you want us to be able to have the platform to, to interview coaches, let somebody in the administration know. Call them. Email them. D, whatever you, you can do. Because, again, this isn't about me. I could be doing different things. Again, I like Call of Duty. Could be playing that tonight. But instead, I'm here because I'm representing you as fans and want to get the best content out. So let those in charge know that this is what you want. This is the format that you enjoy and you like what we're doing. That is the best way to get things moving forward because obviously us three doing it alone is not working. And today was a good start with all the comments that we've seen. Again, we're I got TSAV fans like like liking Wild. my stuff today. It's it's who you go to there. war with. Who you it's go to eerie. war with on any other day. You go back. Even the like the Southern Miss fans have been one of our biggest allies. So we got to show our love for our friends in Hattiesburg. They're showing us love as well. I mean. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about good content for everybody. It's not just because we, you know, look, we love to talk about the Cajuns, but we love to share our culture with other people. When we talk about, um, you know, besides just Cajun athletics, we talk about our food. I know everybody likes to give us a hard time about dusting, but I would put our food up against anybody else in the country, if not part of the world. The world. I mean, the world. So, you know, we talk about that. We talk about our music. We talk about our way of life, our history, who we are as a people. I mean, we share that as well. Besides just the Cajun sports, I mean, it goes beyond that, and we're very proud of who we are as Cajun people. But you don't you, you don't want to give Cajun people the short end of the stick either. You know, you don't because look, they'll they'll walk away. And I hate to say it, and I'm talking to the administration when I say this: if you if you give that po that quote unquote positivity at a certain point where it comes to the point where you're almost borderline lying to the fans, they're not going to come back. They're going to walk away and they'll never come back. So this, it's already happened. I mean, this is a very We are literally, line. this is the lowest and most apathetic our fan base has ever been. We already are looking up. We are already looking at, hey, we might be seeing rock bottom here. we got a lot of work to do. But uh, the last thing, I want to talk about baseball, but the last thing I'm going to say about this is, look, Nick, Jerry, me, at one point or another, we've all been mentored by Robe in some aspect. Robe, more than anybody, fought the administration. Robe constantly fought the administration. Justin, Ott, everybody, the Robichaux family fought the administration. So before y'all get mad at us for fighting the administration, understand we are fighting the same fight in many respects that the Robichaux fought, and they're some of the most beloved UL people in the history of UL, USL, SLI. So keep that in mind before you think that we're some kind of bad guys because we're calling out the administration or fighting the administration. They constantly put pressure on Robe to do this, that, or the other. They constantly told him what he couldn't do. They constantly pulled funding. They constantly made it harder for him to succeed. <laughs> I'm here for the holy war. Yes. So I just wanted to say that about Robe. Look, look what we got done hey, for you tonight, small baby. Small victory, baby. Small victory. We got it done for you. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. Thanks, I knew Darryl. you were Yeah, Daryl. I mean, look, man, fair is fair. You need to kick that other cat off. But look, I'm not a censor type guy, so leave him on there. You guys feel a little bit better now? No, I mean, I said about 10, 10% of what I wanted to say. <laughs> I feel better than I did last week, honestly, with all the Understand. shawls I had in my face, but we're Understand. good now. And again, yeah. before we move on, we want to thank all the, the supporters, all the support out there. I mean, we, we got a lot of love from a lot of our fans, a lot of fans of other uh, schools, uh, other Sunbelt members, as well as other in-state schools, ironically. So uh, I want to thank you for all the love, all the support, all the gratitude you've shown. And look, again, we're here for the fans. 
You know, we're not a mouthpiece. I mean, we are a mouthpiece for the for the athletics program, but we're a mouthpiece as fans. So it's not going to be all let's advertise how great we are all the time. It's going to be look, we support our team, but when we lose, sometimes we're not going to be happy about it. I know, uh, you know. So anyway, guys, now that we got that off our chest. We did have baseball, and we did have some softball this weekend. We'll start with baseball. The Cajuns hosted Rice this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three-game series. Unfortunately, the Cajuns lost the series, but they were able to salvage the Sunday game. Uh, first game, the Cajuns lost on Friday night at the Teague by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, Saturday, they lost 6-1, to one, but Sunday, they were able to salvage with a 3 to nothing shutout. Uh, great crowds at the Teague this weekend. On Friday, we had 3,849 fans. Saturday, right a little, uh, right under 4,000, little over 3,900. And on Sunday, we uh, had an attendance count of 3,736 fans. So we probably had about an average of around, probably around 3,800 fans this week. Uh, big difference to last week where we were averaging, I think they counted like 1,700 fans, when ironically, it was the same exact crowd. So uh, from what I was told, and I know we talked about this last week when it comes to counting attendance, I heard that the Pacquiolan model is in full swing and they do have a formula to count attendance. So uh, 3,700 is a lot better than 2,000. I'm glad they got that fixed. Uh, just kind of give you some stats um, about this weekend series. Right now, uh, the Cajuns currently sit at 4-3 and three overall. They will have one more game this week against Northwestern State before heading to Houston for the Astros Foundation Classic. Uh, just to kind of give you some stats, uh, Cajuns had eight hits on, I'm sorry, five hits on Friday, six hits on Saturday, seven hits on Sunday. Um, the bats really couldn't come alive at the right time, but they did come alive on Sunday. Uh, give credit to Rice. They had some great pitchers both Friday and Saturday between Parker Smith and J.D. McCrankin. Uh, Parker Smith pitched seven innings for Rice on Friday night, only giving up four hits, one earned run, three walks, and four strikeouts. It looked like he had his control down. We couldn't really hit him. Saturday was kind of the highlight for Rice. J.D. McCrankin, uh, nine innings. He pitched a full game, only gave up six hits, one earned run, one, uh, one walked batter, and 11 strikeouts. Really, really good performance for him on Saturday. Uh, on the Cajun side, uh, Jack Martinez pitched three innings on Friday night, gave up four hits, two earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. And, of course, uh, David Christie, Stephen Cash, and Blake McGee followed on Friday night. I must say Stephen Cash had a great outing on Friday night, six strikeouts with against six batters, six for six. That's because um, he's a junkyard dog, hey, I'm telling you. Cash money, baby. Absolutely. Cash money. Straight cash, homie. As, as, as Rob would call it, that was a dude performance by Stephen Cash on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, Chase Morgan, still trying to learn the ropes a little bit, pitched three innings, uh, gave up four hits, gave up two earned runs, walked two batters, three strikeouts. That was also followed by um, by Moody as well as uh, Langevin, who also pitched uh, he pitched four innings on Saturday with seven strikeouts. Blake Marshall came in as well as Tate Hess to close the game out. And of course, on uh, or on Sunday, Carson Fluno five innings, one uh, gave up one hit, no earned runs, no walk batters, six strikeouts, and he got the win as well. Uh, his first win of the season. So great job by Carson. Of course, Andrew Herman came in, uh, pitched I think one or two innings. I think the sixth or seventh inning, or I think it was yeah. Sixth or seventh inning, and of course the hammer looks like he's about to solidify his position as the closer. The way he pitched, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, a lot of tenacity on that on that mound, especially in that last strikeout. The dude just just lit it up. So job well done to uh, to Mister Holtzhammer as well. 
Uh, just a little bit of stats on the hitting side. Again, Cajuns had a total of um, 18 hits on the weekend, which averages six hits in these three games. In game one, there were no extra bases, but Luke Juhas did have a sacrifice fly. Uh, game two, Clay Wargo had two doubles. So Clay's looks like his bats come alive. That's good to see for him. And uh, yesterday or Sunday, of course, uh, John Taylor had one double. Mason Zambo had two doubles. It's good to see Mason Zambo back in the lineup, much needed, and his bat presence is nice as well. And, of course, Kyle DeBarge and Connor Higgs each got a home run, their first home run of the year. So, again, Cajuns dropped two out of three against Rice, overall record at four and three. Uh, again, they will take on Northwestern State this Wednesday night at six at uh, the Teague. Uh, you can catch that game on Moto 3-3 or 14-20 a.m. That game will not be televised. So just to give you guys, um, you know, some thoughts. Look, I thought they play, I thought they salvaged the game yesterday. I thought that was huge. I was more disappointed in the fact that they really couldn't respond to either Parker Smith or J.D. McCracken on Friday and Saturday. We did have well, some Jerry, chances. But let's do this. Let's go Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Sunday. we'll do let's that. I'm just giving an overall synopsis. I just thought yeah. overall this weekend, um, they struggled in the beginning, but I like the fact that they redeemed themselves on Sunday. And I still think this team is a work in progress. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, we're, I, I know some fans are pushing panic button early in the season. I get it. I will still say we are ahead of where we were last year. Every season that Deggs has been here, we struggle a little bit in the first part of the season hitting wise uh, and sometimes pitching, but this year it seems our pitching is there. Look, whenever you give up two runs on a Friday night. You, you or how many runs we gave up? Let's see. We let lost two to two, one. Two to one. Yeah, you gave up two runs. You got to score more than two runs on a Friday night. And look, their 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 Friday night guy had had good stuff, and he uh, he gave Notre Dame fits. They still lost the game, but he was he's a really good pitcher. Um, and so I, uh, I'm I would have liked. I think. Friday night, we could have pulled that off had we had a, uh, enough timely hits. Now, I noticed Friday going into Saturday, man, how many ground balls did we hit? We I felt like we were hitting the top of that ball. Uh, we were getting full extension at the point of contact, which is, I know, what you don't want to do in, in baseball. But it you, you felt like they were hitting on top of balls. They were being aggressive, which is a Degg's offense. We're aggressive, right? But you saw Rice be a lot more patient at the plate and, and waiting for their opportunities, and you saw a few more walks on their side. And, and so you saw a little more patience from Rice, with, which gave them some scoring opportunities, and we did not have patience. <laughs> we were aggressive all the way, uh, pedal to the metal, right? Especially going into Saturday. One of the questions, and, and Josh, you gave it away, who the coach we would interview tonight was earlier, but... One of the questions we had for him was, would you pitch a guy 125 pitches this early in the season if they were going, you know, they were kind of on cruise control? I would anticipate his answer from a, a rope, you know, coach perspective would be hell no. Like 125 pitches late in the season is a lot. Not going to do that in the second week of the season. Credit to the guy getting that deep into the game and, and really throwing us off balance. Uh, but... Yeah, you kind of felt like again in the second game they were they were on top of the ball, they were hitting the upper half of the ball. I don't know that we had many flyouts the the first two games of of the series. Now, what I and Josh, you alluded to this in our group text, so I'm gonna go ahead and give you credit for it before you talk. 
is going into Sunday, I was impressed at the fact that they used so few bullpen pitchers that they had a whole bullpen available to them, and we still got the dub. That's tough to do when you consider that they only used a couple of pitchers, uh, three, four pitchers through the whole first two games, and then going into Sunday, they're fully loaded. I thought we did a, a much better job of making contact. I felt like we were a little more patient. We still need to clean up some of the fielding mistakes. There were a couple of unearned runs there that didn't make me too happy. But all in all, it's going to be a much, much tougher week going into the, the college classic. And I think we all said if we get out of the college classic at 500, then I'm going to be okay. And we still have the opportunity to do that because it's look, jury's still out on how good Rice is. And I mean, jury's still good at how good Wright State is. Jury's still out because they got blasted by Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma State they played this weekend? Oklahoma. They got got blasted by Oklahoma first game. I don't know what the other two games were, but they did not look so good. They lost three out of four. They did win on getaway day, but they got absolutely smashed for three games. Yeah, so it's still early in the season to know exactly how good the teams that we have faced are and how how to really gauge where we are. But I think, again... Going into Northwestern State this weekend, who always has a has a very competitive ball club, and then you've got a really tough three game series. If we come out of all of that at five hundred, I'm going to be okay. Not at all pressing the panic button. And again, historically, Deggs is hitting gets better as the season goes on. And man, if our pitching continues as they are, I think we'll be in a very good spot when we uh, go into conference play. I agree with that. Uh, I'll start with Friday. Friday, we got totally dominated. The fact that we were even in the game, the fact that we were even in the game 2-1 to one in the ninth was a testament to outstanding relief pitching because Jack Martinez didn't have his good stuff. It was evident early on. He was missing up. He was kind of missing wide. Uh, and, and the strike zone for that ump, not saying he was not a good umpire, um, I thought his zone was consistent. It was just a little bit tighter than it was last Friday night when Jack started. So, you know, I don't expect Jack to struggle very much, but he struggled Friday night with his command. That's just a fact. Uh, but credit again, like you guys said, Stephen Cash came in here, and, well, and David Christie. David Christie. David Christie was amazing for his outing. I think maybe he went two and two-thirds, two and a third, something like that. But I said that if we ended up winning that game, he was the MVP for me because he made big pitches in very critical situations in that Friday night game. I know we lost, and I know we got – Completely and totally dominated at the plate, but that was one hell of a good Friday night ball game for two night two weekends in a row. Um, the guy that they saw six four two thirty five, I think he this is how big he was. He has a chance to pitch in the bigs. He had command of three pitches. He threw them all for strikes. He threw them wherever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to. He had a jello arm, and he just continued to fill up the zone. Credit to our hitters late in the game, came out, made him uncomfortable. They had to go to the bullpen. Um, and, and look, Rice has some dudes. Rice is only going to be down for, for a small amount of time. Jose Cruz Jr. is a bona fide baseball man. He knows what he's looking at. He's going to build a, good, build a good team. They came off of a weekend win, or excuse me, a midweek game win over Sam Houston State that's on the brink of being ranked. They had great wins. They, they beat Oklahoma State two out of three in their series last week. So Rice is better than we think. Notre Dame swept him, yeah, but Notre Dame is really, really good. And uh, the guy that the Friday night guy that they had gave up two runs against Notre Dame's really, really potent offense. So that should tell you what kind of stuff he has. I would like to see us start getting some bats on the ball when we need to in clutch situations. I'd like to see Debo not hit 150. I'd like to see JT get off to Schneid. You know, you saw some of that later in the weekend, but 
you can't have an, uh, an all American shortstop hitting a buck fifty. Just it just can't. Somebody he won't, he's though. got. You know he's going to no, no. come around. And, and, and I know that. But to this point in the season, you know, look, there was once upon a time where Dex Kerstad started the season over twenty seven, and he went to the pros. So it's not an indictment on their ability. It's just an indictment on where they're at right now. And baseball is a long season for a reason. Uh, but Friday night, not fun to watch offensively. We rolled everything over. We looked off balance. That guy filled up the strike zone. You know, you just got to tip your hat off. They, I mean, look, they beat us. They just beat us. Also, too, Josh, that night, and I got to, you talked about giving pitching and defense credit, especially guys like Steven Cash. Rice left 12 men on base. That's right. I think we, we were had, constantly in jail. We had like four, maybe. And I want to say the seventh inning, I actually recorded it because of the crowd reaction. It was actually pretty intense. But um, I want to say, I don't know if the bases were loaded or not. There might have been a guy, guys on second and third. But for Steven Cash to come in on a full count and just, I mean, he threw the, I don't know if it was a, I couldn't tell if it was a breaking ball or maybe a curveball that, that the rice batter just whiffed. And you could just see them like kind of fist pump after he got that strikeout. And that, that type of that type of situation to me is what's going to carry us once the hitting comes around. That that those moments uh, early on this year is 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 so important. In spite of losing that game, you know when you're in a position when you're playing Southern Miss or you're playing a team down the road, that to me is going to be very very crucial in in having that experience that he had the other night, especially like that in, in a situation like that. By the way, Jerry, I. I'd be remiss if I did not mention Trey LaFleur. I mean, this dude is just freaking, he, he's a cheat code right now. He's batting over 600. I think his OPS is over two. I mean, it's just stupid. I think he's, what, like number one or two in the country in in, in uh, batting average right now? Yeah, I told Josh earlier today that I feel like, you know, sometimes your entire lineup kind of revolves around the presence of a certain batter if he's on a roll. I feel like Friday night, not having Trey LaFleur in the lineup affected our lineup. And notice when he went in the pinch hit in the eighth, he gets a Hurt, base by hit. by the way. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. He, he could barely run. He could barely run to first base, and he gets a base hit on a hurt ankle. So, <laughs> I mean, that see, what's frustrating, it's, it's good that Trey's come around, but I would like to see other guys. I know hitting's contagious, but that's where the guys need to step up in spite of Trey not being in the lineup. Yeah, I mean it's just gonna it's gonna grow the lineup. There's no there's really no downside at this point in the season. Uh, but Trey also hit off of a reliever. I just want to say that the guy that they started is ridiculous. He will there will be no pitcher better that we see this year unless we paid like a Dolander at Tennessee or something like some crazy first round pick that'd yes. be totally different. Right. So if we see them in the postseason, that's a different deal. But on this roster, on this schedule for this uh, for this season. We're not going to see better than that. Now, I'm going to say what doesn't cut it for me so far through this season is our fielding percentage is 955. We have 12 errors on the season. That has got to get better. That well, is the one thing that's a perfect segue to Saturday. Yeah, that's the one thing that concerns me going into this weekend is even though if maybe we get the bats going, can we field and and look, I know I know we had some wind issues and all that stuff, but there were still some balls that should have been played that were not played, you know, uh, cleanly. So we've got to get better, better there if we really want to uh, progress as a team this season. You had a situation on Saturday where I think it was 3-1 to one in the 7th, maybe. You had Debo get a ball in the hole, which great range got to it. He should have eaten the ball. He throws it past Juhas at first. Guy advances to second. 
Then we throw a ball in the in the left field. Guy advances a third. Guy scores on a pass ball. As an All-American shortstop and one of the leaders of this team, you have got to understand, and I know he does, and I know he probably wants it back. It To me, and I told Catherine this, I, it felt like he was pressing. It feels like he's pressing at the dish, and it feels like he's pressing on defense because he had another issue against Wright State where he overran a foul ball, and then they ended up scoring a run on, on the Saturday as well. So I think that he's pressing a little bit, which is not uncommon. It happens a lot. But there are multiple times on that Saturday game where I'm going to tell you all right now, uh, in my years of watching Cajuns baseball, that was one of the most disappointing get-back games after losing a Friday night hard-fought battle that I can remember. I thought that that was just unacceptable. You, We gave away nine free passes. We had uh, four errors. We were putrid on offense. And look, I'm going to give another look. tip of the cap to the starter for Rice. Nick, you mentioned him. He filled up the strike zone. He He, he was constantly ahead, constantly. I mean, that guy just pounded the strike zone. So 120 pitches should never happen in February. I'll, I'll die on that hill. We'll see where he ends up at the end of the game, or excuse me, at the end of the season. But you got to give him credit. He comes out in the ninth inning and strikes out the side swinging. Absolutely blows us away. We went so quiet. I mean, it was like we didn't even have a bottom of the ninth. So that's concerning from a Degs team to me. And I know he's he's searching right now. He's trying to put together the lineup. He's trying to see who can rely on. And I get all that. But, man, that's very, very, very concerning. I mean, you just went without a peep on Saturday. And that that's tough. You know? So, anyway, uh, I, I just give him a lot of credit. I give Rice a lot of credit. You saved your bullpen. You went into to Sunday thinking you have all the advantages. Even though you're on the road, I mean, you had us on the ropes. We come into Sunday, and before we walked in the ballpark, I was telling Catherine, I said, we're going to find out if we have a good ball club today. When we walk in this game, we're going to know right away. Are they going to come in here, control the controllables, dominate the game? Which, by the way, dominating the game doesn't mean dominating the opponent. It means come in here, don't make errors, don't walk people, don't give up your milk money, like Robe used to say. Dominate what you can dominate, and then make some plays. We, the, the minimum is 27. We faced 29 batters. We had zero free bases. We had zero errors. We didn't do anything to beat ourselves. Our pitching was superb. Carson Fluno had a no-no going into the fifth. Superb. And we found ways to manufacture runs. We hit one out of the ballpark. You know, we had a couple of big hits. Zambo started a little bit of a rally there. That should have been more, but... I'm glad you said Zambo because I was happy to see him start on Sunday and he took advantage of that opportunity. That was great to see. He sure did, and shout out to Wargy who had a good day on Saturday. We couldn't turn it into runs, but you got guys that you weren't even really thinking that you would rely on putting the bat on the baseball. So that the good part about that is, is you know that they're capable. They're getting some confidence early. The bad thing is, is that you know when the other guys start to come around and hit the baseball, you know how it is. Baseball, you know, hitting is cyclical, man. So are we going to have one of those hittings where hitting those those uh? lineups where hitting is contagious or they're going to trade off when who's hot and who's not you know we've seen that too i i did not like the swing early in couts approach on friday saturday early in the game i thought we came out the same way and then we started to wait it out and the guy was just filling up the strike zone so much we couldn't do anything about it we were constantly behind not to mention our pitchers were constantly in bad counts because we were throwing balls and we didn't have our look dude i love chase morgan i think he's going to be a star but we he has got to learn to attack the hitter. There are too many times where he's trying to pitch to the black, too many times where he's trying to nibble. Look, dude, go get him. 
Yeah, I would rather you. I'd rather you give up a shot to the pine trees than walk three in a row. Just, just go attack the hitter. And and I hope he hears this from me, and it probably doesn't mean anything to him. But I hope more people around him are saying, "Just go get the hit." I think that's that's a little bit of freshman jitters because look, I, I'll tell you right now, I got a buddy of mine that I graduated from high school with. He pitched at Louisiana Tech, and actually, his first start was against us. It was like back in two thousand eight, and I remember like we basically knocked him off the mound. And uh, I remember congratulating him like, "Hey man, you know, congrats on your first start." Sorry that we we hit you off the mound, but I said, well, and this is he was a two time state champion at Jesuit. He was an all state player. Coach Simino was the one that recruited him to Louisiana Tech, and I asked him. I said, what was the what's the big biggest difference in college baseball compared to pitching uh, in high school? And look, at, at you know, in New Orleans, the Catholic League is a really good baseball league, so you do play, you do face a lot of good hitters. But when you get to college, he said it's so different. I said, why? He goes because. It doesn't matter if you're 5'4", doesn't matter if you're 6'4", doesn't matter if you weigh 170 or 270, it doesn't matter if you're batting batting top of the lineup or you're in the nine hole. Every single person can mash. If you put the ball in a certain part of the strike zone and you throw it right at them, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to find a way if the, the barrel hits the ball, it's, it's gone. And so I think, I don't know if Chase is experiencing that, but I do think that 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 intimidation factor at the next level is it might be getting to him a little bit, but I'm willing to. I mean, look, he, you got to give him time. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna get better. And I do notice and and watching him on Saturday, he did battle. He just couldn't get he just couldn't get his pitches in the zone. He didn't really have much control. I think once he gets control as coming in from the left side, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be unstoppable. I just that think umpire was woefully in. He was terrible. The umpire was terrible on Saturday. And I'm not. A, I'm not a blame the umpire guy, but there are multiple times where Chase made a big pitch in a big moment, and the very following missed call, shot to the right, shot to left, shot up the middle. It, it it was like Rice knew that they would get the call and then deposit the ball. It was it was aggravating. Yeah, and I was gonna say that about Friday night too, because while he was consistent, he was getting giving that low strike. I mean, when when the the rice catcher was pulling that ball up, he was calling it every time, and that rice pitcher did a damn good job of pitching it at the ankle because he knew he would get that call. So credit to them for making that adjustment. Um, I think, look, Saturday was like you said, it was all over the place. So I don't want to comment on that, but I think it it did put Chase at sort of a disadvantage because. Uh, it seemed like you said Rice anticipated it. Um, the one disappointment I think I had out of this weekend was Blake Marshall didn't have a great appearance. And and Blake is going to get better, I feel. I mean, great Blake has shown us some great stuff, but that's the one thing that I was a little bit disappointed on was that I, I look for him to have a, a, a little bit better stuff on Saturday. He just didn't have it. And look, that'll, that'll happen to pitchers sometimes. You just don't have your stuff. And I think that was the case with Blake. And I'm not worried about it. I think he'll get better. But uh, but hopefully he uh, he's able to write that uh, as the season goes on. I think one picture that stuck out to me. I know I mentioned Stephen Cash going you know six for six on six for six on strikeouts to six batters. I'm actually curious to see, depending on the health of our of our rotation, I wouldn't be surprised if we see LP Langevin be a weekend starter by the I end of the year. I was going to say that. Yeah, Langevin. It was good. He has every. He has the size. He's got the tools. He's got the control. He's got the the fight. He's got everything in him that just shows. Okay. This could be, you know, I know Fluno Carson is pretty much the staple of our of our rotation and the most experienced right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if LP ends up somewhere 
on the rotation if something were to happen to one of the pitchers. I mean, he's a, he's a good backup plan <laughs> right now. I mean, four innings and seven strikeouts. I mean, that's, and then you saw the way he battled last Sunday against Wright State. Whenever, you know, I mean, look, he kind of put himself in a hole for a little while and he got out of it uh, in securing the win. So, you know, I just like the fact that we're seeing a lot of these pitchers get experience right now. I like the approach that we're taking and allowing guys like, you know, for example, Tate Hess. Tate Hess is a work in progress. We know he's as the season gets goes on, he's going to do good. You know, you know, Andrew Herman solidified a win on Tuesday night. It's good to see him in the weekend rotation. You know, Holzhammer. I think Holzhammer is going to be the closer before it's all said and done. So I like the fact that they're getting experience right now. Um, I think it's more of a question mark of based on what we're seeing in the rotation, how do we handle the midweek games? Because you can pick from any of these guys. I mean, I think LP, LP Longevin could start on a weeknight. I mean, th there's so many. The beauty of it is we have options is what I'm saying. We have options, especially uh, in the in the um, in the reliever in the relieving side of the lineup. Well, look, if we can if we can go up eight nothing in the top of the first inning uh, every week in midweek, then I'm good with that. And and look, I, I, I'm joking about that because McNeese kind of held us at bay for a few innings and we came and score a few more runs. But um, for as deep as we are as a pitching staff, I'm not I'm not worried. But the, the question is, is not if we have a solid, you know, game four starter. It, it's who who is it? You know, who is it? Who is that guy going to be? And that's going to work itself out. But look, pitching wise, I am not worried about the staff whatsoever. I think we're not only do we have the talent, but we're in really good hands with Gunner. I agree 100%. I think he already has his fingerprints all over the staff. I think you can see that. Um, but final thoughts on Saturday is I got to give Rice credit. You know, I watched Rice play last year and I thought they were a bad baseball team. I watched them play this year and I think they're a pretty good baseball team, honestly. You know, maybe not upper. 50 type team maybe not even upper 100 but they're around there they're better they're much better they're better like i thought they would be and saturday they had a great day at the plate offensively not that they were just hitting the ball all over the wall off the wall and all over the park they just had quality at bat after quality at bat they hit the ball back where it came from they hit it in the right spot they took they took good quality swings the approach was solid you just got to give credit when a, when a team comes out and plays good baseball and i thought they did that on saturday as disgusted as i was with our performance I was impressed uh, even more so with their performance. Sunday, again, I said, hey, we got to dominate this game, and they did that. I mean, what are you going to say about Fluno? That was masterful. He Not only did he execute pitches, the, the catcher's mitt was getting – the catcher's mitt didn't have to move very often. He was hitting exactly where Wargi was set up. Uh, so, you know, you got to give him credit. Look, Holtammer, you guys mentioned him. Holtammer is Demo. And, and, and uh, yes. look, I know yeah. Demo is a very accomplished name here. And I know he's an All-American. If you watch Demo and his release, it was a little bit quirky and unique. Holzhammer has a lot of that wrist flick, head jolt delivery. I mean, it's crazy. He has a lot of that in him. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we have a guy like that. Not to mention his stuff is ridiculous. Uh, I think LP is basically unhittable when he's hitting his spots. I don't, I don't know if I'd want him in the rotation. I think that he's a, a incredible weapon out of the bullpen. Um, and I love the fact that he can come in and give you three innings of just complete and total effort. I, I like having that option. But Holtzhammer is, yeah, I think I think y'all are right. I think in, at the end of this thing, his role will be to close games. I, I think that's true. And he has a lot of Demo in him. So, you know, shout out to Debo for getting off the Schneid. I hope he rolls that momentum into Northwestern on uh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, he had a couple of guys that that 
showed promise. We need offensive guys. We need bats. We need bats to get going. And a lot of times it just takes one swing. You know, you saw his little interview with Dave. He said, you know, I felt like I, I felt like I was locked in because I, I swung past a, uh, a, I think it was a changeup or a curveball. I forgot what he said. But he, he had a swing and miss, and he was like, oh, I got my timing down. And on the very next pitch, he hit it out of the ballpark. So, you know, baseball is a crazy game, man. And sometimes it's you never know what's going to set you off, but obviously something happened. We played great defense. We didn't walk people. We didn't beat ourselves. And we won a game three to nothing. And I want to win games three to nothing. That's how we're used to winning games. So I'm excited to see what Murphy Brooks can do. He's going to get to start against Northwestern State on, on Wednesday. Northwestern State is a prototypical perfect trap game. Because everybody's looking at Vanderbilt, everybody's looking at TSAB, and Houston just went to some tournament, might have been the Carbach, and won it. So you got three quality opponents, two of which are going to be top 10 opponents. I think we can compete because we can pitch. Anytime you can pitch, you can compete in baseball. Will we get hitting? Are people going to step up? Anytime a Degs team is on the field, I always just naturally think, hey, you know what, they'll figure it out offensively. So... Go take care of business with Northwestern at the Teague on Wednesday. Get a good start out of Murphy Brooks, and let's see what we can do this weekend. Murphy Brooks, product of Bridgeland High School, which is in my neighborhood, by the way, had to shout out that shout go. out. And Andy Thomas had a great idea. We should interview Gunner. That you know, we maybe we can work on that. You know what? Well, we'll get his people to interview. We'll talk to our people, and maybe we can figure it out. That's right. That's right. And look, I'm just gonna say, you know, Josh, you brought up Northwestern State on Wednesday night. I think that's a perfect perfect segue to the Houston classic, right? I mean, or the Astros classic, because you, you know, you're coming off a win against rice. You, you salvaged the series. It was a hard fought win, but now you're playing a team that, you know, look, like you said, it's a trap game. They're not, you know, the, they're, they're not this dominant Southland team that we're facing in a midweek. So they're, they are beatable. We should win that game, but at the same time, you don't want to underestimate them. It's a Wednesday night game. You know, you're playing against midweek pitching. They're playing, you know, Murphy, Murphy Brooks is making his debut start. And this is an opportunity where those bats, where maybe some of the guys in the lineup who may not be hitting the ball as well as they should be so far, that may be a chance for them to, to start hitting the ball, getting some extra base hits and building some confidence for Houston. I mean, I think we need, to me, I, I know it sounds crazy, but this Wednesday night game to me is very crucial. Not only to win, but to build confidence going into the gauntlet of who we're going to play in Houston this weekend. I think we need to to score some runs. I think we need to play some smart, fundamental baseball, limit the errors, play, have good pitching, good defense, and and just really swing the bat and uh, carry that into Houston. Yeah, and I feel like, so talking about, well, first of all, Northwestern State is always well coached. They always have a coach that moves up to a to a big name program, so um, I have no doubt that they're going to be well coached again uh, in our, in our midweek game. But looking ahead, look Vandy. Um, you look at who they've played so far this season. Um, they won two out of three against Florida Atlantic, which Florida Atlantic historically has a solid team. And they played Dayton, which they lost to uh, eight to five. Um, they they beat Eastern Kentucky and then uh, won two out of three against Gonzaga. So, look, Vandy has not played a, a, a lights-out schedule, but it's an SEC team with with uh, a Friday night pitcher, and their pitcher uh, their pitching did give up 11 runs against FAU on their Friday night game, the first one of the season. They won 12 to 11. So there will be opportunities, hopefully, for us to score some runs. The question is, 
will we do this thing where we've done, you know, uh, the past couple of weekends where we struggled at the plate, we hit the top of the ball, we're grounding out, or are we going to be um, be the the late season Degs coached offense? We're going to have to wait and see. And if coach, uh, of course, our pitching has to be there. Um, TSAB, kind of the same story, has not really played a tough schedule thus far this season. I think the three games that they play uh, this weekend will be uh, will be their toughest competition. They play Texas on Friday night, uh, us on Saturday, and then Texas State, which uh, I'm going to try to make it out for that Texas State game too because, it's a, again, it's a Sun Belt Conference team, and I, I'd love to see what they do. Um, but they played VMI, Central Arkansas. Um, they did drop a game to Stony Brook, but then came back and 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 beat them uh, ten to uh, eighteen to ten on Sunday. I think their question they can hit the ball, right? We we know that they've got a really good offense, but where is their pitching thus far this season? They've shown the opportunity to 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 pitch really well, um, and and then at times seem to seem to kind of um, stumble offensively when they're. Their pitching is really good and then vice versa. So going to be interesting to see what they do against us this weekend and how we respond to who they throw on Saturday night. And then uh, Houston, look, is always uh, a solid team. But again, they haven't really played a tough schedule. I really think that of the three opponents going into this weekend, we've played the toughest schedule um, with a right state and a rice. Uh, Those are historically good programs. Uh, Look, Stony Brook is is a, a pretty good program as well, but they played VMI, they played Central Arkansas, and not that impressed by it. But again, we're still going to be playing some really good teams with a lot of really good talent. So we've got to we've got to get off to a good start pitching wise, and then again, don't try. To, it seems like when the, when we struggle at the plate is when we're not patient, when we're trying to force things to happen instead of let letting things come to us. So. Are we going to be able to get guys on base and then successfully bunt them over and play small ball when we need to and do the little things that it takes to beat really good teams like the three that we're going to play this this weekend? I think that's going to be the key. You're not always going to be able to hit your way into wins, but you're going to be you're going to have to be able to manufacture runs. And we've seen that at times this season. But I'm I think we're really going to have to see that this weekend for us to to pull off a win or two because it's going to be really, really tough. Agree with everything, and you walked right into what I was going to say. I think Northwestern State is crucial because I want to see JT and Debo continue to hit. And even if you don't hit, give me some quality at-bats. I think that the momentum of a quality at-bat at this point in the season is just as important uh, as, a, as a hit or two. Okay, I, I think that that can fuel confidence. But I think that where we really can make hay is execution. One thing that I did not like offensively this entire weekend, honestly, was the execution, the bunts, the the base running, the you know just small things, you know first to third on a ball to Oppo, like you got to figure out, dude. If if the if you're on first base and we hit a ball to right field, you ought to be on third base. I mean that Degs is going to get in your ass over that every single time, and it doesn't matter if the play is close. That's where he expects you to be. We need a, we have got to up the level of execution offensively. So that's what I'll be looking for against Northwestern State. Northwestern State is by no means a walkover. Uh, T-Sab lost to Nichols last year and won a national championship. It's baseball. You can lose to anybody, any day, anytime, anywhere. So Northwestern State, if anybody's overlooking that, they should not. Northwestern State played in that Stony Brook LSU tournament this past weekend and played relatively decent. They beat Stony Brook, and Stony Brook Brook beat, uh, beat LSU. As far as LSU goes, 
I don't know much about Vanderbilt. I know that they've been giving up some runs, which is uncharacteristic of them. But I think we match up beautifully with TSAT. I'll just tell you the truth. Uh, I think that our pitching is solid, not just against a Rice or not just against a Rice State. I think that they are really good. Um, so that gives me confidence against a good LSU lineup that's still kind of they're still kind of plugging some holes too. I mean, they're not exactly ripping the cover off of the baseball every time they walk out there. I also think that offensively, we have some opportunities, as Nick said, uh, with their Saturday night guy. Uh, is Thatcher heard on Friday now? He's Jerry, Friday, or yeah. It- right now he's Friday. So and so, who are they throwing on Saturday? Whoever they are, he's giving up runs, or maybe they're maybe it's a revolving door right now, because they've given up some runs on Saturdays. So anyway, I think that it's a good matchup, and it'll be excited. The guys are going to be excited. They'll be fired up. They're coming off of a game against Vanderbilt, which who knows how that goes, but they're going to see what elite competition looks like. Uh, you would think in a Vanderbilt. So take care of business against Northwestern State. Execute, execute, execute. Don't give things away. And then move into Houston. Go have fun. This, this is the time to have fun. Uh, Degs made a pretty interesting comment at the presser today. He said, you know, only a handful of guys are going to be able to play in a big league park after this weekend. Most of us play here once or twice. And, uh, you know, we never know when we're going to come back and play. We won't. So he wants his guys to appreciate the opportunity, appreciate the moment, and go have fun. I know he's going to say, go, you know, let it loose, have a good time. Fly, you know, what does he say? Uh, fast, loose, and hard. That's how they'll be playing. You know, I don't know how the other programs are going to approach it. I know how we will. I, and I know that our, our our pitching staff sets the tone for this team. You can see how the, the guys look to them for leadership. You can see how they react on the mound. Hey, I, I, I think that we match up really well with TSAB. As far as Houston, I don't know much about them. I don't know much about this year's version of the Houston Cougars. All I know is, is that they're Houston. We typically play them. Uh, they're quality. They've been good for years. I know they were down a little bit maybe last last year or maybe two years ago, but you never think Houston's going to be down very long. You know, now they're big 12 members. They have more resources. They have more uh, pipelines for recruiting and whatnot. I expect it to be a dogfight all three games. Now, obviously we want to win on Saturday. I mean, we'd be lying to you if we said we looked at them all the same. Obviously we want to beat TSAP, of course. Uh, But what I really just want to see is this team continue to get better, execute offensively, and just keep being who we are on the mound. If we do that, I think we match up with TSAB for sure. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because they're the Tigers. I really believe that we match up well with them. Uh, and and I'm, I'm excited to see them play Vanderbilt in Houston as well. Yeah, and just to give you an idea before you go, uh, Jerry, um, offensively, Houston is really, really good. They're batting 345 on the season. But again, you look at their competition and you kind of you kind of wonder if that has to do with them playing St. John's or if that if that is really true. So again, we're going to see a lot out of all of the teams that we play this season uh, or this weekend. We don't have to do anything spectacular this weekend to be successful. We just have to not do bad things. We have to do like we said the little things. You can't you can't have errors. You can't have have terrible base running. You can't you know if you're zero and two and you try to bunt and you fail and you you bunt it. Um, in foul territory and you get strike three, we got to do the little things. We got to be able to lay down a bump when we need to move runners over. We got to be able to, to move on the base paths and not make silly mistakes. And we, we can't have errors out there. Can't beat ourselves, I guess is the best way to put it. If we don't do that, then we're going to win one or two games this weekend. If we do any of that stuff, then it's going to be very, very tough for us to be, to have any success over the weekend. So I just wanted to throw that out and kind of make that known. And also, 
I just realized that I'm going to have to deal with the Vandy freaking whistler on Friday night. So any tips on how to deal with that guy? Um, Section A is not. Look, I know Section A is going to be out in full force. I don't know if this whistler guy has ever dealt with with people like Section Section A. It's not going to end well for him <laughs> if uh, if they go out and confront him. So uh, already not looking forward to to the Friday night game because of that. It's going to be great competition. I think you're right, Nick. You know, just play fundamental baseball. Don't try to overthink it. Don't try to force plays. I mean, you're playing against good competition between Vanderbilt, the Tigers, and Houston. Those are three teams you do not want to try to force uh, making plays with. You want to be able to kind of let it flow. Like, like uh, what, what is that? Like you said, Degs always says, what, fast, loose, and hard or something like that? Just play that way. And I think you play that way, the pressure kind of gets off, and you just go out there and have fun and – and uh, get to experience playing in a major league park. Like you mentioned, you know, a good number of players on the team are Astros fans, get to go play at Minimade. That's a pretty cool experience, and you're going to be playing in front of a lot of fans, especially a lot. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of Cajun fans going to that game, a lot of people in Vermilion and White. So uh, it's going to be a regional atmosphere. Um, and look, if you want to, you know, if, you know, we always talk about going to Omaha. This is kind of like a mini Omaha in many ways with the teams we're going to face. So, um, you know, you, you definitely it's early in the season, but you definitely get to test the waters early on where you stand as a team playing this level of competition. So I'm excited about that. And I'm really curious to see how how that's going to pan out. Um, I just want to tell fans, look, it's a tough it's a tough tournament. All right. Don't panic if we go in there and we may there may be a game we drop. There may be a game we don't play in well. Uh, I'm this week. We got a four game week. If we come out of this, I'd say two and two. At worst, two and two. I'm not going to think the sky's falling. Um, and I just want to be competitive. Uh, there's a lot of baseball left to play after this. So I'm just telling the fans, don't panic if we don't play well. Don't freak out. Got a lot of baseball left. I was going to say, if we come out two and two out of this weekend, I'm going to be jumping for joy. Because, again, this is really, really tough four-game stretch. But, look, this sets you up for conference play. Agreed. This is, look, other Again, the 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 schedule we've played thus far is a lot tougher, I in my opinion, than the schedule other teams that we're playing this weekend have have played. And I think going into conference play, we're probably going to have one of the tougher schedules that anybody in our conference has played. This all sets you up nicely for going into conference play. But but like we talked about softball, you got to win some of these games. So if we go two and two this week, I'm going to be very happy. If we go Three and one, I'm gonna be jumping in my pool in 60 degree weather. I'm gonna be <laughs> extremely ecstatic. So um look, hope we can go four and oh, but if we go two and two, look, and even if we go one through one and three, don't push the panic button. There's a lot of baseball ahead of us. Yeah. And we all said coming out of this tournament, if we're five hundred, we're gonna be happy. So we're we're gonna be around there. Uh we just gotta be patient with the guys. They're gonna come around and um look, look very excited, looking forward to seeing a lot of fans out there this weekend. And it's such a privilege to be able. I mean, you think about how many years we've participated in this tournament, and it's a very select tournament. They handpicked these teams to be here and to be an out of state team. Doing this every couple of years is such a privilege and an honor, and especially putting us against the teams that they're putting us against. Man, it just goes – it's a testament to the the strength of our program and our fans who will definitely show up this weekend. So very excited to see everyone uh, at uh, at the stadium. And, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it, man. This should be a lot of fun. So I'll, wear this, I'll, I'll wear this hoodie for Andrew Grady, by the way, if he shows up. This is This is for you, bud. 
<laughs> well, there you go. Well, before we close out baseball, any final thoughts? That was my final thought. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So Cajuns have a four-game week this week. It starts out on Wednesday night at the Teague against the Northwestern State Demons. First pitch will be at 6 o'clock. Game will not be televised, but you can catch the game on 103.3, uh, 103.3 The Goat, or listen to or listen on uh, 1420 a.m. And, of course, the Cajuns on Friday will travel to Houston for the Astros Foundation Classic at Minute Maid Park. First game on Friday will be at 3.05 for the first pitch against the Vanderbilt Commodores, followed by... The, the Tigers of uh, Baton Rouge on Saturday. First pitch will be at 7.05. And, of course, rounding out the uh, the weekend, the Houston Cougars. Cajuns will take on Houston at 7.05 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, you can catch all the action if you want to listen uh, to the play-by-play. It'll be on 96.5 KPL, or you'll be televised on Space City Network. Space City Network, uh, I think it's for a select few who have, I believe it's DirecTV and uh, other certain cable outlets if you have lus fiber uh unfortunately they do not carry that channel so you will not be able to watch it there i'm sure there will be places around town around lafayette if you do want to go watch the game and not just listen to it on radio there will be opportunities there so again uh cajuns will have a four game stretch starting on wednesday night and we hope to see you all at the teague and for those going to houston hope to see you there minimate as well and i think um i think matt also tweeted out that it might be uh, for sure saturday he said it would be on mlb network so keep an eye out there might be some options out there for you guys who don't have direct tv um yeah. You know, just stay tuned. We might have some more information Good. on that as as time goes on. We'll find out what it is, and we'll find we'll uh, we'll put it on the social channels. Uh, oh, actually, we might not. Sorry, uh, we won't <laughs> be doing that. But Adopted Dog almost always has the game on, so maybe call up Adopted Dog, talk to Ryan, talk to Tracy. They'll probably have the game on somehow or another. Bootleg it. I remember they used to steal cable from <laughs> putting you know splicing <laughs> the wires or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that. Who knows. All right, well, that's going to do it for baseball. Moving on to softball real quick. Softball traveled to Austin, Texas this past weekend, had a five-game weekend. Unfortunately, they came out one and four on the weekend. Starting on Friday, uh, Louisiana took on Stanford. Uh, they fell behind and lost the game by the score of four to one, followed by a doubleheader against Texas, uh, getting shut out 5-0 against the Longhorns. Then on Saturday, the Cages took on the Rams of Colorado State, uh, that was their lone victory on the weekend. Cajuns victorious over Colorado State by the score of 4-2. to two. And uh, the second game of that doubleheader was against Stanford, where the Cajuns were defeated and run-ruled by the score of 8 to nothing against the Cardinal. And on Sunday, rounding out the weekend, the Cajuns took on Texas once again. Very close battle, played hard, couldn't come out with the win. Cajuns dropped that game to Texas by the score of 5-4. to four. And again, Cajuns... Uh, overall weekend record one and four, and their current record now sits at seven and nine on the year. Um, just to kind of give some stats, just basically talk about some of their mishaps of why they weren't able to to fall behind in some of these games. Really, defense was kind of the the main factor here. Uh, they couldn't really get many hits this weekend, except for that Texas game and Colorado State. But uh, the game against all four of their losses, they each of those games they had two errors. They couldn't really field as well. Uh, pitching gave up some key opportunities, and it was just some fundamental mistakes. Uh, I know Coach Glasgow definitely addressed that, and uh, he's definitely going to be working with the team on that as the season goes on because it doesn't get much easier. Uh, tomorrow, the Cajuns will travel to Thibodeau to take on the Nichols Colonels. That first pitch will be at 6 p.m. Game will not be televised. You can catch that on 105.1 FM. 
And then this weekend, the Cajuns will travel to Norman, Oklahoma for the Oklahoma Oklahoma tournament. Uh, Friday, Cajuns will take on Miami University. That's Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. They'll play at 5 p.m. And then on Saturday, they'll play two games, doubleheader. First game at 11 a.m. against the Oklahoma Sooners, defending national champs. And they'll also take on Liberty at 4.30. And then on Sunday, they'll take on Liberty once again at 10 a.m., followed by Oklahoma to round out the weekend at 12.30. Uh, the first game against Miami, you catch the game on uh, 105-1. And then against Oklahoma and Liberty, uh, as well as Liberty and Oklahoma, those final four games will all be on 103.3 The Goat and 14.20 a.m. Both games against Oklahoma this weekend will be on ESPN+. Plus. So starting tomorrow, it will be a six-game week for Raging Cajun softball. It doesn't get much easier this weekend, but hopefully they can get that win tomorrow and get back on track. Yeah, they, they've they <laughs> got to turn it around sooner than later, man. That That's a tough schedule coming up. And, and we talked about it earlier in the season that they've got to win some of these games if they're you, look, playing a tough schedule is great, great but you got to win some of those games. And right now, they're not doing that. They're not doing the little things. So, um, faith in Jerry that he's going to turn it around, especially going into conference play. But man, you got to start winning some of these these games against nationally ranked teams, or that will definitely be used against you uh, when decisions have to be made for for regionals later in the season. So, uh, just tough all around so far this season. Can defend one and four. That's bad. You know, you're up four to nothing on getaway day and you blow a lead, lose five to four, the number two team in the country. This is coming off of them just getting beaten by Stanford pretty handily. So, look, softball always finds a way to figure it out and they get stronger and they end up running through the Sunbelt Conference and they find a way to get into good regionals and they're competitive. And maybe that's what they need. Maybe they just need a break in competition. I don't know what it is, but. Uh, to say anything other than it's been disappointing, it, it would be disingenuous. Has, it hasn't been good. Hasn't been good. Errors, mental mistakes, uh, inability to put the ball in the air. I mean, honestly, they can't hit. It's not it, Hitting's been atrocious, I'll just be honest. Uh, I, I will say that there's been a bright spot on the pitching staff in some regard. You know, you got Reseto looks really good. Sam's been doing her thing. They're not getting much help behind them, and that's been the most disappointing. We talked about it in the preview. Can't let errors beat you like that. You just can't do it. Not against this competition. So, look, I hope they figure it out. I think they will. But it is, again, disappointing to go into a tournament like this where you have some real opportunity to make some national headlines and and uh, and not play well. Just haven't played well. That's just the truth. The chemistry's not there right now. Let's just call it what it is. The chemistry's not there. Pitching's been inconsistent. You can't depend on just Sam to bail you out. I know uh, Chloe has had some good uh, good outings, but at the same time, you know, we're still trying to find an identity in the circle. Uh, making two hours a game is not is not characteristic of this team and never has been. So uh, some of which have cost us runs. And of course, we've left uh, some some girls on base, haven't been able to bring them in um, too many left on base. So, uh, again, you know, the, the season as it progresses, it's not going to get much easier in this tournament this week when you play the defending national champions twice. But at the same time, you do have opportunities against Miami University as well as Liberty to to, to squeak out some wins and uh, build some more confidence. But it all starts tomorrow against Nichols. So best of luck to uh, Rage of Cages softball. Hopefully they can right this ship because I'm not used to saying this 16 games in that they're seven and nine. That's not very common for, for Rage of Cages softball. Yeah. That's not our standard. And look, Liberty's got that correspondence course money, so they, they, you know, they're they're paying those players pretty well. So it's not going to be a walk in the park 
they got to respect every opponent going going into the the rest of the season because again we've not shown the that that we can be dominant like we have been in the past so we got to step it up well take care of business tomorrow in Thibodeau against Nichols and that that's where you start um also too let's see what we got here <sighs> women's basketball real quickly um Women's basketball is on a five-game win streak right now. Uh, Coach Gary Broadhead and the ladies look like they've have it figured out. Uh, starting with that win and that uh, that Max Sunbelt challenge at uh, was it? I believe it was Central Michigan. And ever since then, they've gone four for four in conference play. Right now, the Cajuns or uh, women's basketball team sits at fourteen and twelve overall, nine and seven in conference play. Uh, two big wins on the road last week. They went to Mobile, took on South Alabama, won by 32 points. Huge road win for the Cajuns over the Jaguars by the score of 74 to 42. And they followed that up, crossing the state of Louisiana into Texas against Texas State, victorious over the Bobcats by the score of 55 to 50. The Cajuns will finish off the regular season this week, starting Tuesday against South Alabama in the Cajun Dome. Tip off will be at six o'clock. And then Friday, um, it'll be the first of the doubleheader. Uh, the ladies will play at five o'clock against Southern Miss. Of course, the men's will play at seven thirty after that. Uh, and you can catch the games on ESPN Plus as well as the Varsity Network. Uh, moving on to men's basketball, real quick. Cajuns on a three-game losing streak right now. Uh, they currently sit at seventeen and twelve overall, nine and seven in conference play. Uh, Louisiana traveled to Monroe last Thursday night and uh, pretty much played probably, in my opinion, the worst game of the season, uh, dropping uh, a seven-point loss to the Warhawks by the score of 66-59. to uh, The Cajuns against ULM, 36.9% from the field, 18.2% from three-point range, 43.8% from the free-throw line. You are not going to beat high schools with those stats, and it showed – uh, on Thursday night against ULM. And then they took a trip to Hattiesburg to take on Southern Miss. Believe it or not, they played pretty well in the first half. I thought the lack of depth affected them in the second half. And the Cajuns dropped a um, – uh, it was a pretty intense battle for the most part. Southern Miss pulled away about midway through the second half. Golden Eagles victorious over Louisiana by the score of 82-71. to 71. Once again, stat-wise, Cajuns didn't shoot too well. 39.4% from the field, 24% from three-point range. 72% from the free throw line, a lot better than 43% against Monroe. Still 72% is kind of low if you want to win those type of games. Uh, so again, uh, Cajuns lose those two games on the road. They'll be back this week against Troy. Uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m., they'll take on the Trojans. And then Friday, they'll close out the regular season against Southern Miss. Tip-off will be at 7.30 following the women's games you can catch the action on espn plus and 96.5 kpel and uh right now uh because of those 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 two losses uh louisiana if the conference tournament they were fourth place going into the ulm game right now if the conference tournament were to start today the cajuns would be the sixth seed in the sunbelt conference tournament so these last two games are very important for the cajuns um to uh try to get back to uh, either fourth or fifth seed in the Sunbelt tournament because that is one extra game they'll have to play uh, if they get to Pensacola. Go team. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, a, Southern Mississippi owns us. As we sit here today, they, they own us in absolutely everything. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. And nobody cares. And nobody they, cares. They care, but, but nobody here cares. So why should I care? I tried to the care. apathy. <laughs> the apathy is at an all-time level where 
people aren't even mad about losing to Southern Mississippi. Uh, that that I can't even imagine that. It's and but we're here. It's happening. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody even talked about the game. I, I think it was funny because most of the Southern Miss fans were talking all this trash. And you know what most of our fans were talking about? Man, we can't hit the baseball. Man, we, our <laughs> softball team can't score runs. Jerry, What's going I on? tried, man. I tried to troll them and they weren't biting. They finally bit on Sunday and then it was stupid. Like their responses were dumb. Okay, first of all, I, I like Southern Miss fans, whoever's still listening, which I doubt they did because... Anyway, I, I like you guys, but like you can't say, oh, my God, you're you're terrible because you made it into the NCAA tournament and lost like you didn't make it to the tournament. Well, yeah, but you made it. You lost. that's a dumb argument. So stop. So I just want to throw that out there. Like if you didn't make it to the tournament and you're making fun of us for making it and losing like that's not a good look and you can spin it however you want. But that's kind of dumb. But yeah, they do own us in pretty much every sport because they it's a big deal for them and and they care about kicking our ass and we just go in there like it's pedestrian and no big deal. So until we start caring as much as they do, it's not a rivalry because nobody we're acting like we don't care about it. It's a like to me. I feel like with Southern Miss, it's gonna. It's a rivalry in football. It's a rivalry, definitely. I mean, baseball. There's no question. But how is I mean, it? A, maybe baseball, but it's yeah. not a rivalry because they always beat us, and we have no. We like we don't respond. Like right. we just there were no response. Me going in and trolling them and trying to get a response like that didn't even trigger anything. I just so I, I just think baseball is overtaken. I mean, look, the apathy in basketball is there, and I think I mean, look, you lose, you lost to Monroe on Thursday night. And with people who already had doubt about the team, when that happened, everybody, I think a lot of people just checked out. You know, I mean, right now I'm looking on social media and look, I'll say it. If you have a chance to go to the game, whether it's Wednesday or Friday, go to the game and support the guys. But at the same time, the attendance speaks for itself. We're 11th in the conference in attendance. Uh, we sold barely a thousand season tickets this year. I mean, it is what it is. And then you have people on the, the you know, I, tr you know, we try to create conversation on the, basketball fan page and we get blowback because we're asking serious questions just like we do with the admin and you know it's not one of one of the fans was like well it's not the coach or the players fault it's nil i'm thinking well, all of a sudden nil is the reason why our team isn't winning right now nil every had nothing to do team, every team that we play that's in the sunball conference has to deal with the same crap that we deal deal with they have to deal with espn plus they have to deal with nil Everything we're dealing with, they have to deal with. And guess what? They're doing a better job than us. Stop with the excuses. But, but Nick, tired of it. what does NIL have to do with us losing to ULM? And it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not even about losing. Everybody it's about people else, don't go to the games. Everybody else is dealing with it, even yeah. ULM. So I, I'm stop. We just didn't. We weren't good enough to win. That's right. the end of the story. We right. were not good enough to win. We did not win the game. It's all not I'm NIL. Saying. It's not all this excuse stuff. Every other team has to deal with it. I'm so sick of the excuses from everyone on this. It's not that difficult. That those are just excuses. Makes no sense. Sorry. Well, uh, you know, a all lot of times. Box. Well, no, they, they talk about Magnese. They're like, well, Magnese has all this money in NIL, and Magnese has more money than us. Look, Magnese is financially they are not stable at all as an athletic program. I mean, hiring Will Wade basically salvaged their program, but for some reason they have more money than us in NIL. And and we talk, and I've mentioned it. I said, look. You got to go and dissect why Magnese is raising the money they're raising for NIL. What are they doing that we're not? And it's simple. Will Wade goes and knocks on doors and gives coffee and donuts to local businesses in Lake Charles and meets with people and does all those things. Maybe that's what our coaching staff needs to do. Go around Lafayette, go around Acadiana, go meet people, you know, shake hands. Stop being negative, Jerry. 
I mean, I'm just well. I mean, the fact is, if we have that's the that's another excuse on the on the fan board. Well, because Magnese has more NIL and that shouldn't happen. Well, Magnese is doing something that we're not, because there's no reason a school like Magnese that has a third of our enrollment, uh, a fourth of our athletic budget, should be having more NIL than us. Period. There's no excuse for that. So. Agreed. Anyway, guys. Well, that's going to round out basketball. Again, we have a lot of events going on this week. Of course, again, baseball starts. Uh, their competition this week on Wednesday against um, Northwestern State, both men's and women's basketball. Women's basketball plays Tuesday night. Men's basketball plays Wednesday night. Softball will play Tuesday night against Nichols. Whoo, guys, it's been a lot of fun. We have a lot of content tonight. But uh, before we go, any final thoughts? Thank you to all of the supporters that showed up tonight. Look, we had probably one of the best live uh viewerships that we've had since we do these live and i think um i think people are starting to listen and and understand where we're coming from and that we're not trying to all we're trying to do is be a voice for the fans so thank you for showing up even those from other schools that we can't stand have showed up and shown their support which is really weird but goes to show you we're we're as i said we're going to be on the right side of history in this and um you know just keep on supporting us i don't know i we're we're trying to figure out what what our next move is here. More to come, I guess is is what I'm going to say there. Congratulations to the U6 Golden Godzillas for getting their second win of the season in dominating fashion. Big Cat's playing one hell of a midfield. Shout out to him. Congratulations to the U8 Jumping Jaguars on their opening season three to nil victory over. Uh, a team that we play pretty often, the Mermaids. Uh, three nothing, beautiful clean sheet, great defense. Proud of the girls, playing hard, learning the game. I, I was just so proud of my squad. So I got to shout them out on the show. Can't wait to get back to practice, get back to work on Tuesday. Very good. Well, guys, that's going to do it. Once again, we want to thank our sponsors, Dr. Brett Venable, Recovery Cairo Med, and of course, Absolutely Embroidery and more. Don't forget, if you want to help NIL and uh, help the collective at UL, don't forget to give to the crew outlaw. Any amount is valuable for these student athletes. If you like what we do, please like, subscribe, comment. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok. We can also be heard through audio via audio on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. Nick will have this episode up as soon as he can. And, um, Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Lots of Cajun events happening this week. Lots of Cajun games, competition all throughout the sporting world. So if you get the chance, if you want to go out to the Teague, you want to go travel to Houston, go to the Cajun Dome, hey, take your pick. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, For Nick, for Josh, I'm Jerry. Once again, thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for the kind words and the love that we've received in the last day or so we really appreciate it and it doesn't go ignored we love you guys back and uh we hope to see you soon in the words of the late great big dave thibodeau bye we out of here see you next time for more raging review